some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 75. Holy crap. What is that? What is that anniversary? 75. Uh, Diamond? Uh, is it? a good question. <laughs> and you're going to make me go to the internet right away. Going to the internet right away. Well, hello, everyone. While Scott's researching, my lovely co-host. Am I right about Diamond? Let's see. Uh, welcome to the show. It is uh, end of the month. Diamond. Yes, it's our Diamond Jubilee. Look at that. Our Diamond episode. <laughs> and what a blessing. We have Saul Alvarez as our guest this episode. So great interview. Stick around for that towards the middle of the show. Uh, thanks, Saul, for joining us. It was a great chat. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yep, cool. A um, couple things right off the bat. This episode's going to be a little different. I'm trying some new things. It may fail miserably, <laughs> and, and we may back, go back to the normal way of doing things eventually. But if it does work, I'd like people's feedback and let me know if this works better than the traditional way of me editing pictures in afterwards as opposed to this kind of on the fly way we're going to try it this episode so let me know and if it if you don't see any of that that means it didn't work on my end <laughs> we changed our mind halfway through the show so uh first up everyone's head contest is due now your homework is due so the uh mark worthling head contest please get your entries in by today when you're seeing this uh, which will be, well, you have one more day technically, because I always said the 30th, but I'll be out of town for a little bit. So if I come back and there's some in the mailbox, I will count them. So please get them in by the end of the month, by the 31st marks. We got some really good ones. So I'm really excited because Scott hasn't even seen some of them. The Worthlings haven't seen some of them. Some people have posted theirs online already, but there's some, there's some new ones that have not been out there yet. So cool. Thank you for everyone who has participated in that. I'm almost done with mine. I'm getting there. Uh, but it's I, I, what I really liked about it is the creativity I'm seeing. And there's some really cool ideas that are going on. So uh, other than that, please join our Discord. Link will be down below. We also have links to the Teespring and Redbubbles sites. And how are you, Scott? I, I'm great. I am great. You're great? You saw a movie. I, I did see a movie. Wow, I'm impressed, actually. Mission Impossible. How was that? It was okay. It wasn't... Um, what I like about those movies, and I, I discussed this with you already, <clears throat> is there's still kind of choreographed fight scenes and stuff. It's not all this CGI. And I'm sure they use a lot of CGI. Don't it's very me practical, is what you're saying. But it, yeah. it's very practical, kind of spy, espionage movie which they've all been not my favorite one, but it was okay. And it, it is leaves it open for the second one. Um, second one. You mean like the eighth one? Well, the eighth one is part two of this one though. It's going to be dead reckoning part two. This is dead reckoning part one. Oh, okay. So, um, but, uh, um, no, it, it's good to introduce some new characters and some old characters returned. And um, I think I've seen one of them. Really? Yeah. I will still say three. And and three stands alone, really. 
Um, three stands alone really well. I love I love three, and three actually got me watching. And then um, because I had seen one when it came out, uh huh, and it was okay. You know, I mean, it was you know it was fun. Um, <clears throat> yet it was one of those movies I had to see a second time to kind of get it all. I don't know why. Still haven't seen two. And then I saw three, and three just blew me away. Three was awesome. And then four came out, and four was kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, it was all right. Then the fifth one came out. The fifth one was, to me, the best one by far. And then the last two have both been okay. You know, they're okay. It, it's all right. You know, well, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's not. It's they're popcorn movies. I mean, yeah. none, they're not deep, crazy movies. You know, I yep. don't fool myself about them. But I think three and five are the best. So I'm interested. Those that do watch the Mission Impossible movies, what are your favorites? Mine are three and five. Well, so. you could send that to us in a voicemail at 708-816-4299. Keep it under 30 seconds. That would be amazing. Uh, 708-816-4299. If you would like to send an email, it is modelclubtv at gmail.com. Send those emails, contest entries, any other cool stuff you got to send or stuff for the user get user get. I say user gallery, viewers gallery at the end of every show, send us your picks. That would be awesome. Uh, I've already hit my first snag in the new system that I didn't know would happen. My, that's going away. There we go. Okay. And now this has to go back on over here. First snag. All right. All right. This just came in as we're recording, and this is from Tell the Audience, Scott, what we got here. My good friend David Horvath. <laughs> Your good friend. Who has sent me things from leaking resin pieces to <laughs> nice tributes to my dog to feet with lint with lint in it. Um I got some religious uh, stuff from him right, right here. But it, it's all, um, you need some, you do need to get it, right. It was. <laughs> and um, so uh, David is the first one to um, print us. Oh, our and, model kit. He's, do, he's done it? And paint it, yes. Okay. So and, uh, for those of you who don't know, there is the model kit available, sculpted by Well Winner. There will be a link down in the description. You can download it for free and print it as you like. Uh, we're going to have copies available. I'm in the middle of still working on it. I think the small version I have, which is this one, I'm going to, sh for scale, this one, right, is about, I think, $30 shipped is what I'm going to do. And I have, I think the other bigger one I'm doing is going to be around 50 shipped. So that's where we're at. So Scott, he's got a painted version. Got a painted first, version. The first he's even, one. Uh, done a modification. All right. I'm testing the new system. Look at that. <laughs> Kill your parents. That's awesome. And notice oh, the grill, the greasy spatula, too. The greasy spatula is brilliant. Dude. <laughs> and if you look at it, maybe I'm wrong. The greasy spatula is dripping on my back. <laughs> oh, it totally is. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. Or is it a shadow? Nope. That's, there is grease dripping on your back. Oh, that is amazing. And you have a Salt Life shirt on. Have you ever yes. been? <laughs> Wait, do you own a Salt Life shirt? No, but I don't think my hair. I think I need some brown wash in my hair. I'm not <laughs> quite that great. Okay. 
And I very rarely wear blue jeans, but I love it. Holy crap, that's cool. Kill your parents just killed me. Dude, that's fucking great. I love the spatula. (laughs) Did we told this? We've told the spatula story. We had to, right? Yeah, for those that don't know, we had a picnic last (laughs) year. And uh, Mr. Walker decided to do the uh, cooking. And in doing so, he decided it was also pertinent to. And Mr. Horvath was at the was at the barbecue. Was, was at the party. Witness. But he also decided it was pertinent to take the greasy spatula and shake it off on my deck. That's not okay. what I did. That's not that's, so that, that's not day, what I did. That's not what I did. I walked around with it. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, he, he Italian talked with it. Blah 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 blah. Like he's conducting an orchestra. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, I go out there. My dog's licking fucking grease <laughs> everywhere. What are you licking? So, uh, yeah, I had to get out there with Dawn and the scrub brush. And uh, yeah, which he brings us to uh, first of all, David, well done, sir. <laughs> that's awesome. Holy cow. That's awesome. Uh, that brings us to this year's picnic. I don't think there's going to be one. We have just basically run out of time. And maybe we'll make it every other year and we'll probably do it, plan it a little better for next year. His fault. I, I My fault. I have so much going on that I, I just can't fit it in, really. It, if it changes, we'll let you know. But I I did want to do it this year, but it just doesn't look like we're going to have time to fit it in. Plus, the time that we were going to do it is like Jersey Fest weekend, maybe. But then like, it's a mess. So anyway, that's where we are with that. All right, we have a giveaway from Paul Gill and Gilman Productions. Let me press the button because I'm trying to get better at pushing buttons when I need to. And it's not working because I clicked on the screen. And pushing buttons, friends, Paul Gill. It should be turning on Paul Gill. Gilman Productions over on Facebook. If you would like to purchase your own sweet little alien bust, that's where you get it. I love this thing. So one lucky winner is going to get this. And it looks like you kind of does same same baldness same in the beady eyes and yeah. it comes up in the saw interview um are we ready all right we're gonna shuffle the wheel a ton of times we're gonna spin it see what happens oops i'm clicking off there shuffle 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 spin here we go let's see what happens this is for the alien from paul gill the Highlander 242. The Highlander 242. Congratulations. Send us an email at modelclubtv at gmail.com. And the alien from Gilman Productions is yours. All right. Scott, are you ready for more fun? Is there more fun? <laughs> oh, man. I don't like having to produce on the fly. This is weird. This new system is very strange. Our next giveaway. We have a ton. Of things to give you away. My dog barking. Hold on. Are you? Trixie. I can't hear it, actually. Okay. We have a giveaway. All right. Our next giveaway comes to us from Mark Belias. And Mark is uh, from Mark's Hobby Bench. And I'm going to read what he sent. Hi, Jason and Scott. I've been following Model Club TV almost since the beginning. And I love watching the show. Due to recent health issues, time with my hobby has come to a halt. Several episodes ago, I won the raffle for the Invisible Man sculpt. Unfortunately, I never got around to painting it up. 
At Wonderfest a couple year, years ago, I also purchased three Blackheart sculpts from The Mandalorian and never got to painting them either. So I hope you will accept the return of the Invisible Man, my donation of, and my donation of three Blackheart sculpts from The Mandalorian. Hopefully you can raffle them off. Keep up the great work. Mark Belias from Mark's Hobby Bench. So first, I know a little more, and I want to say, Mark, we're with you, man. Hang in there. Uh, keep us posted. Uh, I hope, you know, I would love to be able to give these back to you one day or have you, you know, win something else or just we'll, we'll hook you up. If if your painting time continues, we'll hook you up. Um, But it's a lot. So it's four kits and I want to kind of spread them out. So and we have other giveaways from Jamie Sai and some other people coming. So but first, let's start with this. The Invisible Man. We're going to give this one back out. Uh, sculpted by Tony Cipriano. Put out by Michael Reagan. Michael Reagan. And this is what's up for grabs again. So I want to say thank you because a lot of people wouldn't have done this. So, Mark, seriously, thank you for doing this and sending it back um, and giving someone else a chance to paint it. And like I said, keep us posted on what's going on. And if you need anything with the show or if you need some help with something, let us know and we will we'll figure something out. So, but the other ones that he sent in, and we'll have giveaways for these coming up, are we have a Mandalorian, we have an Ahsoka, and we have Cooley. Oh, cool, cool, cool from Mandalorian. I can't remember that guy's name. I don't know how to say it. Cool, Cooley, Cooley, Cooley. I don't know. But we have those three awesome busts from and from Blackheart. So, next episode we're gonna pull names for the Invisible Man. If you're interested in this. In the comments down below, all you have to do is say, we love you, Mark, and you'll be entered into the giveaway for this. So thank you. And we'll move on. Thanks, Mark. All the yeah. best. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot of news and reviews, Scott. All right. First up, and again, this is where the new system's coming into play. Please let us know if you like this. If you don't like it and like the other way better, let me know. We'll go back. We'll take a break. Okay. I already don't like it. Well, once I get it figured out, you know why you don't like it? Because this is saving me work. <laughs> it's really tying up my valuable time. All right. Uh, we have from... I could be with your mom right now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> we have from David Horvath, uh, coming soon, mid-August, uh, Captain Kangaroo wonderfully sculpted piece something has it been done before i don't think so uh, it, no. no no so you got characters on the base really great great likeness and anyone who's a captain kangaroo fan i think will truly appreciate this piece uh it's amazing and i'm really glad david stepped out there and actually is producing this this is a picture fresh off the printer and like I said, he's going to be molding and casting. I think he's no, I think he's printing or mold. What is he I think doing? He's printing them. I think he's, he's going printing. to be printing them on order. So if you're interested, look up David Horvath over on Facebook and I'll put a link down to his profile. He doesn't have them ready yet, but they're coming uh, mid August. So, you know, yeah, maybe if he spent a little less time painting us <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or, or posting memes, he's a, a great meme poster. So well done on the, the captain kangaroo. I love it. What was the moose's name? Why am I not remembering? I don't know, because I, you know what? I hated Captain Kangaroo. How, what? Yes. 
Why? I don't know. I just was not a fan of Captain Kangaroo. Dude, oh man, really? Okay, <laughs> let's go. My uh, my first one of my first TV memories is Captain Kangaroo. Is Captain Kangaroo an underdog? On the day we moved out of my house, my old first house in Lansing, I, the movers showed up, and I'm watching. I, it was underdog, and then Captain Kangaroo was on TV, and the mover walks up, goes, "Sorry, kid." Yanks the cord out of the wall, picks up the TV and walks out. And I'm like, oh, no, Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> no. So that's wow. like my Captain Kangaroo memory. But well, and you were damaged ever since then. huh? I was, I was. So next up, though. And again, thank you, uh, David. Fantastic work. I really like we'll have to get some more details and have him maybe come on and talk about maybe the process in which he went through to get that thing made. But I think it's pretty cool. having him on this show. I would like to have him on. Oh, okay, he's an interesting ahead. dude, man. Like, yeah, he's he got a great family. Yeah, he could talk about his kids. It would be an eight hour show. I know that's what's going to say. All right. Next up, like Jersey Fest. Bank. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jersey Fest is coming up. Everybody, please, please, please check out Jersey Fest. September 22nd through the 24th, 2023. So I have some ads for all the classes and we have. Uh, Daniel Angelosi. Daniel is teaching an all digital sculpting class and will host hey. demos during the weekend. Uh, we have a painting class by Kirk Cullimore. We have lots of classes. Jersey Fest model building and painting class with Mike Salzo. And we have a sculpting class from uh, Mark Van Tyne. I, I, the classes themselves, I think, are selling Jersey Fest here. And Jason Giaconetti, quarter scale bust, hand painting class. Looks like a uh, werewolf in London piece. So American werewolf in London. Uh, and the, of course, we talked about with Saul as well, the sold out uh, Saul Alvarez class. But still plenty to do over there at Jersey Fest. Keep it up. Uh, I hope it keeps going. And there's a lot, I think, to like there. I wish these classes were at Wonderfest. <laughs> they weren't. Scott, thoughts? Um, no, I like the idea of the digital sculpting, obviously, because, you know, we touch on that. And um, Saul's class looked really interesting. I was tempted myself, but I wasn't sure I was going. And I'm still not sure if I'm going. Everyone asks me, are you going? Are you going? Are you yeah. going? I don't know yet. I don't really. I I'm haven't. St I'm still leaning towards no, just because of everything else yeah. going on. As so. am I, but maybe not. So because it's a flight for us. It's not a drive it's yeah all right next up can you imagine us on an airplane together no <laughs> no we would be booted pretty quickly or you would be because you'd take up two seats so they would be like get out of here pay for that seat wow no not if i went with your mom <laughs> wow all right next up from Roy. those of you that don't know by the way okay <laughs> Right. He started this. Okay. And until he cries uncle, it's gonna keep up. All right. I didn't I whatever. What do you <laughs> mean like, you didn't start it? I, how did I start it? Oh wait, no. I did. I did you start did it. Start I did it start on Discord it. one night. You're right. Okay. I was talking about your dead mom. You're talking about my dead mom. <laughs> okay. All right. Who needs a lot of loomy right now if you're gonna do anything? And um so 
know, they don't even yeah, mention that's that. That's a lot of Lumi. That's a lot okay. of Lumi. So, you know, and it's, yeah, so those of us that think we're horrible people. Well, yeah, they're right. We well, time out. Yes, they're right. We, we're horrible people. We're horrible people, but neither of us are offended. So no, we're horrible to each other and we crack. Enjoy up. the humor. <laughs> yes. Enjoy yeah. the humor. And, yeah. All right. Next up from Roy L. Roy A. Barrels. Roy's World of Wonder presents the figurehead. Brand new kit here, everybody. I didn't even see this. So this, he kind of sent me a, like a heads up a couple weeks ago. And I th- think I have an email description. I'll... Hey, guys. Well, it's official. My new kit is ready for sale. Roy's World of Wonder presents the figurehead. This is based on the famous scene from Jason and the Argonauts. Concept of design, concept design, Roy A. Barrel, sculpted by Joe Ladotti, moldy, molded. How do you say that? Is it really molded and cast? Mm-hmm. Molding? Molding and casting by Danny Sirocco. Look at that. So this is an old school style production, clay sculpting, silicone mold, and resin cast. I enjoy the traditional style of creating kits. I also like all this new stuff too. 3D and digital design brings new blood into the hobby. I've been building and painting the kit since I was six years old. This is the first kit, but hopefully not the last I've produced. I've loved. Let me click on this while I'm talking. Wait, let me mute it. I don't know if there's sound. Again, like I said, new stuff going. Uh, I'll be bringing kits for sale to Jersey Fest. So if you're interested, you can pick this up at Jersey Fest. Anyone can find me on Facebook or Instagram to inquire about purchasing. Links will be down below. Price is $200 plus $29.95 shipping in the USA. I hope you can include this on your next broadcast. And of course we did. That looks like a chunk of resin. Good old, good old resin. That does. That's cool. Though. See the skeletons on the one side. Yeah, and, uh... that's really cool. So you got all the stuff from Jason Dargan. It's like Scott said, the uh, Hydra's on there. What's the, the figurehead on the ship? Is it actually called a figurehead? Yeah, I think. Okay. And again, God, people are going to kill me. Okay. <laughs> um. I've not seen this movie all the way through, but I think, doesn't he talk to it? Doesn't yeah. that figurehead yeah. come to yeah. life? Yep, yep. Okay. comes to life. There you go. Wow, I'm impressed. No, Willie, cool. Roy, we're proud of you, man. Thanks for taking a chance and producing a model kit. That's pretty cool. Really nice. Like I said, links will be down below. Check it out. Roy's World of Wonder presents the figurehead. All right, going back to us. Kind of liking the new system. I just got to figure out how to make us a little bigger, I think. All right, next up. Right, Viagra. Your mom likes it. All right, you got to tone it down a bit. <laughs> they just, and that's the beauty of the mom jokes, is they just set themselves up. They they do. Okay. Mom jokes do. <laughs> okay. Do. Right. Um, for those of you, I got I to gotta repeat the one. For those of you that missed the Discord last week, I had found this video of this car that had gone airborne and slammed into this house. Okay, so I did a screen share and showed Jokes everybody. Jokes don't work that. secondhand. They got to be told. told no, it's moment. pretty good. So this car flies into this house and just destroys itself. And uh, I said to Jason, I said, man, I said, that car hit that house harder than I hit your mom. And uh, I laughed. Yeah, you laughed, but a couple of guys were. Yeah, like, they were like, "What?" I, I mean, certain like, neighborhoods, you get shot for stuff like that. <laughs> you can't. All right, next up, Wicked Tentacles. Eric 
Askew, our former guest, way back former when, guest. Eric Askew uh, of WickedTentacles.com, uh, has some new pieces out, and he has three Japanese-inspired Oni pieces. And the first one here is the Blue Oni. I think these are brilliant. Brilliantly no, sculpted I, and engineered. I do too. I, these are really nice. Like really nice. When you look at the way, and I'm gonna have to, I have to figure out how to go backwards in a slideshow. So, bear with me for a second. So this is the, you know, the front up pictures. But this right here is what really kills me. Is the engineering that he did into this piece. And if you look, the eyeball fits into that socket that goes into the back of the head, which means you're gonna be able to rotate that eyeball around after you build it. And kind of move it and have it look in different directions, which I think is pretty cool. But great engineering. So that's the blue Oni. Mm -hmm. The next one is the red Oni. Did he sculpt these? Yes, digitally. So okay. he sculpted all these digitally. He's these are available on his website, uh, wickedtentacles.com. Here's the red Oni. And again, engineered beautifully, sculpted beautifully. And I'm like tons of character in these pieces. And I think that's kind of what he's aiming for with the stuff he's producing is pieces that tell mm -hmm. stories and you can tell there's actually some thought behind it that are just, you know, and your typical. You know, superhero we, we've had the discussion. I'm looking at the third one now. I'm moving over. Um, getting there. And um, just the hair detail. And I'm not saying you can't get this with resin. Oh, you know, traditional cast. And this is the Oni girl, the one you're talking about. Yeah, right? the Oni girl. And but man, look at that hair detail. You know, you got to question I think that the discussion we've had before, which my biggest thing is sometimes when you see a 3D sculpted piece, the hair's not detailed mm -hmm. enough and it looks too stylized. Whereas I think with these, like if you go back and look at how do I go back? Oh, yeah. Like that furry piece on that guy. Yeah. If you go oh. back and look at some of the fur and the beard, on, let me get to the fur picture. Uh, look at the fur texture on this. That's amazing. It's really well done. And, and I'm not saying you couldn't sculpt that with clay, but you could, but it'd take you a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to. So. Yeah. So well done, Eric. Uh, check out wickedtentacles.com. Head over to the website if you're interested in any of these. I think these are great character pieces and painter pieces. And if you like building, because there's like, I like fitting things together. And I like the way he built these. Really nice. So well done, Eric. Eric Askew, wickedtentacles.com. All right. Next up from Paul Gill and Gilman Productions. He has a Neanderthal coming out, sculpted. It's one-third scale, sculpted by Jesse Rubin. I, Dude, Paul and Jesse is going to be a uh, match made in heaven, I think, because Jesse's got some amazing sculptures. Again, very character, like, just there's character in that face. Not as in, like, a cartoon character, but just, like, wrinkles. Just quality that you can get in as a painter and really bring this thing to life. And I think historical miniature guys modelers will really love this sort of thing because this would look great in some of those historical kind of pieces but check that skull. out oh it's that beautiful. beautiful skull. simply beautiful so well done to both of those that's coming soon hit up paul gill on gillman productions let me hit the button again man i gotta get better paul gill button's coming there it is paul gill gillman productions on facebook check him out he also has the group Join the group, see what's going on, post your stuff over there. But man, really cool piece. Really cool piece. All right. Back to us. Next up, I have another email for this one. Where did I put it? Right here. 
man. Live, I need a producer. Anyone want to come on and produce the show? Once we get famous, we'll have to hire, we could hire a producer to push buttons. Someone, sh- someone should produce this shit show. I can tell you that. I hate you. <gasps> on your desk. It's funny you should say that. I bought a hat. That's why I set you up for this. I bought a hat. And how come it's all ragged? It, I I bought it like that. It's pre. It comes pre-worn in. Oh. Anyway, all right. Like Chuck sent pre-worn. us something. Chuck sent me this. Uh, with Omer, with overwhelming requests, we, which would be Monsters in Motion, are offering this limited reissue of this 1997 classic, all resin model kit. Sculpted by stop motion guru Joe Lodotti. So we have two Joe Lodotti pieces on tonight. This features a 16 inch pterodon with a five inch Luna figure in its claws, ready to feed its hungry chicks. This base, the base is sculpted like a logo that is five by four, included our assembly instructions by John Garcia and color illustrated box art by John Garcia. Seven res- resin parts are included and a metal rod for mounting the pterodon for those of you requesting this over the years. Here's one more chance to get it. So check it out. A Ludati Pterodon. Pick it up. Monsters in Motion. From Pseudoverse Creations, we have a Medusa kit coming out. And it's a pretty interesting take on your classic Medusa. Uh, It doesn't have a snake body. It has a normal person body, except still has the snake hair. Um, And then has, you know, a skinned, a very large snake that's been skinned as part of the dress. So we have that. And CG wants to give one of these away uh, to our, our show. So once we get through our pile, this is going to be in one of those upcoming giveaways. We'll have a giveaway for this Medusa kit. Uh, I don't know the scale yet, but it's getting there. And I have a feeling you probably put it in an email. <laughs> I forgot. So there it is. New Medusa kit. That, that's really Super. nice. Yeah, it is a really nice piece. Different. Because you don't see many like And I like that. Try new things. All right. And it's tasteful. I mean, it is tasteful. You don't have, not one of those got to put boobs on everything thing, you know. Oh, I have more pictures to show. There we go. I'm going to like that you can see them. All right. Not good for my ah uh, my ADQ. All right, workbench, Scott. That's all we got for news and receipt. Oh wait, no, that's not true. Did you buy anything? Get anything in the mail? I did. What'd you get? Uh oh, more letters. Wait, I'm gonna. What's that? Oh, an airplane model. Oh, I know what that's for. For Kong. What is it for? For Kong. So this is a company from Poland. They did a lot of airplane models. This is not a very big model. Okay. And, I mean, just so you know, that's the wings. Okay. Gotcha. But, 172nd scale. And I believe it will go okay 
with the old geometric King Kong kit. And this is the Curtis O2C1 Helldiver, which was the actual plane used in the original King Kong. And this is, I think, the only model kit of that. I plane. remember you talked about it on the show before that it's really Never hard made. to get and there was only one ever made. Is that? And this is it. And it's been on my eBay watch list for about three years. <laughs> and one popped up. And uh, I got it for a pretty reasonable price. A little more. This was on my watch list for years when I could buy it uh-huh. for like $45. And I cheaped out and wouldn't buy it, wouldn't buy it. And then all of a sudden they dried up and disappeared. And now it costs you a thousand. And now it cost me, uh, I think honestly it was 60 something. But, okay. So it wasn't cool. that bad. But the Geometric King Kong says it's 135th scale. And, but if you hold this up, like with that old Empire State Building base, I think it's going to work. Okay. If not, I have another King Kong vinyl kit that's a little smaller than the geometric kit that I think it'll work. All right. So, and also, you know, funny you should say that because today Ooh. we got another North Texas now. Okay. I just put your address. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Okay. So let's see what I got now. For those of you who don't, don't know, I've been getting these random mailings. This is like number 12. I think. <laughs> And the last one came from Texas, and all that was in there was a blank envelope. So I don't even know what that was about. Someone farted in that envelope and sent it to you. That's but, my, uh, that's what I'm guessing happened. But, but here, here's today's. Um, <laughs> Bigfoot don't believe in you either. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Ah, that's did, great. Did I show all these? Did I, did I show any of these? Yeah, you did. You did. You yeah. did. Um, I'm almost positive. I've got a stack. And uh, <laughs> keep them coming, everybody. And again, I have nothing to do with this. This is nothing. still my favorite one. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's Bigfoot dragging me off. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't show that. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> So they started uh, out coming from Milwaukee, Milwaukee Wisconsin. Yep. And then they started Austin, Texas. Oh, no. Then I got Traverse City, Michigan. Then I got Austin, Texas. Now, this one came from Dallas, Texas, which so could be the same person. Maybe they okay. travel for work. No, they travel for work my ass. I'm going to tell you <laughs> something right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go on record here. All right. Yeah. Paul Gill is behind this somehow, some way. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know why. Well, I know why. But I, Paul Gill is behind this somehow, some way. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And all I'm going to tell you, our paybacks are not going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> I should just, just, I should just fire the, shot now and be done but no i'm gonna wait i want him to just sit and wonder all right god finds out for sure it was me what will be and i'll tell you something okay i'm gonna put a bounty on this okay i will print one of our kits small for anyone that can give me no one's gonna rat him out for that (laughs) yes they might you better sweeten the pot a little bit (laughs) um 
I'll autograph it. Oh. Okay, so uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So. All right. What I got in the mail, I got. You didn't get crazy shit. Okay. Well, not in the mail. I picked this up down in all Illinois at Galactic Games and Things. The glowing ghost of the Red Baron. Is it uh, red chrome too? Yes. So, uh, okay. what I'm gonna i I did film some unboxings of these, so those will be coming up shortly after this episode comes out. But yeah, it comes in. So you have this right, but it's normal. Mm-hmm. So this, it came. It's in the red chrome, but my problem with it is. Like where you snip the sprues, the chrome comes off, right? Like it's not, and so they broke off in a couple spots. Like when I opened the bag, it's there. Open the box that was already kind of snapped off, mm-hmm. and like it's almost like the chrome didn't cover all the parts of some of it. But I'll probably just end up painting it anyway. I don't know, because it looks. I like it though. I like it. It's cool. Get you some good automotive chrome, maybe. And uh, yeah, maybe I will do something like that. Yeah. But I don't think I was thinking of leaving the inside of the skull glowing to see if it would shine. Does out it there. have glasses? Does that one have glasses? No. No. See, I think the original has glasses. And then I also got the Jurassic Park T Rex from X Plus. And. That looked like a nice model. I want to Dude, see. Dude, it is a nice model. So again, unboxings will be coming up this week. Uh, this is, I think, one of the best. It remind. It's like when I see Warhammer stuff and the stuff they can produce in plastic for Warhammer, and then they finally come out with something model kit wise for us of traditional stuff, and mm-hmm. like it's it's really cool. It is really well done. It comes with a spool, like just uh, some rolled up wire to make the wires in the background. Um, the cool, the weird thing about it though, and you'll see this in the unboxing is the body is kind of like plain. And then you put the skin pieces over like a body part, like a plain blank body. It's kind of really kind of like the Vampirella. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. So it's cool. I'll have those unboxings coming up, but that's what came in the mail. Uh, I think that's it. Scott workbench. Working on anything? The only thing I can say about Workbench is um, the Workbench is ready, finally. Oh, you got your room back. So I got the room back, and I got the uh, bins emptied and everything back in place, and um, all my paint sorted that I still do have, and um, I'm ready to go. I'm good to go. All right. Uh, I've been building tons of Warhammer terrain and I, I have boxes of things that I'm trying to build so I can put other boxes in those spots. So that's what I've been doing is just building, 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 uh, painting. I am almost done with my worthling head. Uh, I used, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to show it yet. So I really kind of know, but I used a lot of dirty down on it and I'm really happy with the results I got from the dirty down he, rust. Uh, it, like a natural with him, Dude, he is kind of dirty down. <laughs> anyone again, our promo code still works. MC all caps MCTV. If you want some money off dirty down, check them out over at goblinshut.com. Uh, I got that yellow rust. That video is coming soon, but I used the regular rust on this and it worked perfect. I love the way that stuff works. So keep it up dirty down. And I'm looking forward to new colors from you guys. 
but other than that, I've been printing and building and doing some painting here and there. So I've been printing too. I've actually got a lot out in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I know what I printed on the work. I got Brent Krug's model on his way today. Where's yours that you promised Brent Krug a long time hmm. ago? On the way. Oh, really? In the mail on the way? No, he's moving. So I hope you checked with him first. Because, he sent me uh, his info today. Okay. Is it All California right. or Kentucky? California. Okay. All right. Our interview. Legend of the hobby. I mean, when you think of like legendary garage kit painters, Saul is right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Saul Alvarez joins us. Great hobby chat. Anything you want to say before we go into it, Scott? No. We're going to let it speak for itself. And let it speak for itself. Ladies and gentlemen. Long, so let's get to it. Saul Alvarez. All right, we are back, and we are here with Saul Alvarez. Welcome, Saul. How are you, sir? What's up? What's up? So good to have you. So good to have you. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you in person somewhere. It, it's been years. Yeah. When was it? Oh, yeah. Man, what, when's the last time you were at Wonderfest? I don't know, about three, four years. About three okay. years ago, about maybe. Years. Okay, cool. Right before the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. I had a table there with uh, with uh, the resin, uh, the the Goodfellas resin Goodfellas guys, okay. Angelo Valletta and and Scott Rizzo and and Booney, uh, David Diaz. Yeah. Yep. yeah, those guys are trouble. Those guys are all trouble. <laughs> oh, they're troublemakers, man. Those yeah, guys are yeah. Trouble. So we're gonna hit. I want to know. Let's. We're gonna do the, like a biography, like we said, of how you got started and kind of where you're at now and what's going on. Yeah, so sure. How did you get started in garage kits? Were you a monster kid? Were you just building plane models? Like, how did it start for you? How old were you? Yeah, sure. Small, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to be 61 this year, so I'm still a youngin. But uh, <laughs> I started. <laughs> but I started um, I, I, roughly around 68, 1968. Uh, I, I, I've told this story so many times, but uh, I uh, I was with my dad. Uh, I was just a little little guy. And we went to see some of his friends that they were doing construction inside an apartment building. And they had a big dumpster and they were dumping all the stuff, the sheetrock and, and all the garbage. And as the adults were talking, you know, I'm looking around and I look towards the dumpster and I see the Aurora creature from the Black Lagoon sticking out. And I went over there nice and quiet, grabbed it out of the, uh, the pile. And I was looking at it, I was like, this is so cool. Now, I knew nothing about the Universal Monsters or, you know, nothing about the classics. So I took it with me. And uh, when my dad was finished talking, he goes, what is this? You know, I found it over there, Dad. Could I have it? It was, it was in the garbage. And he goes, yeah, whatever. You know, he didn't care. Uh, and then I was introduced to, after that, that was my first model kit. But it was already put together. I guess whoever had it, had it together. 
And then I got into Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine uh, editor, you know, James Warren and uh, Forey Ackerman. And uh, I saw the advertisement with all the uh, Aurora models in there. So lo and behold, when we went to the Five and Dime store, they all had them there. And and that started it all. I had pretty, pretty much almost all of them. Uh, I started building them and boy, was I bad, you know, using those <laughs> little enamel paints oh and, yeah the testers. you know sniffing glue at you know eight years old you know and but yeah. no look what it did, <laughs> did. look what it did to you now oh, I mean, look at that. <laughs> you know but <laughs> where were you living but, at the um, time like where what part of the country were you i was living well i uh i was born in cuba and we came in 1966 okay um so uh it, it, ironically my father was going to that building to talk to some of the people because we were going to move there, but they were renovating that building. And that was in New York. Uh, that was in Yonkers, New York, which is Westchester County. And uh, it, it, ironically, that's what we were doing. And, you know, I found the whole thing. But anyway, through the uh, magazine, I saw the Auroras. And we started buying it. My grandfather and my father would buy me all the Auroras. And that, that was it. Uh, and, of course, after that, you know, the G.I. Joes, everything like we all grew up. Of course, you know, you get a little older, you know, you start, you know, noticing the opposite sex and yada, yada. And, you know, man, this and, story uh, repeats and, itself all the time. Everyone always says that they find girls it's just, and they stop building yeah. models. Yeah. And look how much oh, it cost us. It didn't happen look how much to me, it though. cost us in the long run, too. OK. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hey, but listen, I got the best of both worlds. You know, my wife is costing me a lot of money and the kids are costing me a lot of money. Put it together. I'm broke, you know, but. <laughs> So do you remember um, that first issue of Famous Monsters you got? What was on the cover? Oh, God, I don't remember. I still have them. Do you? Okay. I don't remember what was the first issue. I, I, I don't remember what I ate yesterday, but uh, I wish I, I wish <laughs> I'm I just remember. Asking, I, I, remember I remember the first issues I saw. And uh, No kidding. Which one? Yeah. So. Um, He'd want to answer. There were two. The, the one was. Oh. It had the uh, Claude Rains Phantom on the cover, but not the early one. There was a later one, like in the 40s, I think. I remember. Yeah. Okay. And then there was another one. I want to say it was around 60, 66, maybe. Had all the Curse of the Werewolves with the different color on the cover. Absolutely. Okay. That was the second one. Um, And then the ones I started buying in the store, I think I started in the 80s. They were in the 80s when I started buying them in the store. Yeah, they were great. They were great. But you could buy uh, back issues. While, Did up. you ever buy back issues? Did you ever buy back issues from them or no? Back in the day? Remember, they'd have the ad, and it would have all the back issues. And yeah. and you, when you got them, they were like, and sometimes they were five, six years old already, and they were like yeah. mint off the newsstand condition. They um, were mint, cheap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, forget so. about it. How much did they cost back but, then? Uh, what did it cost in this? Like, oh, uh, you know what? I don't remember. But as far as I remember, when I was going to the store buying them, I think they were like a dollar or seventy-five cents or okay, something like that. I, yeah, Gus, gonna do some crack research real quick. Yeah, yeah. but they <laughs> were they were great. So back to my thing. I I stopped. Uh, got married having children, the whole deal. And then I became a uh, New York City uh, police officer, later on a detective. Thank you for that. And um, 
We used to love going to Barnes and Nobles. And one day after work, I just stopped in Barnes and Nobles and I was looking through the magazines and, uh, and I saw a magazine called Monster Scene. And uh, I think Monster Scene was uh, published by, is it David Smith? Um, I, he's in a hobby. Yeah, David Smith. And it was uh, Rick Harrison was and, part and Bill, of that early on, too. Um, and Bill Harrison. Or Bill Harrison, not Rick Harrison. Yeah. They just passed away yeah, uh, a couple yep. of years ago. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. May you rest in peace. Uh, great guy, too. Really good guy. A gentleman. And the cover of the magazine had Christopher Lee on the cover, uh, painted by Basil Gogos. So I picked it up and I'm going through the pages and I'm reminiscing the old days and when I was a kid, you know, with famous monsters. And I saw an ad in the back for The Man of a Thousand Faces uh, by Janus. Oh, wow. John Alukovic uh, sold. And as everybody knows, in a hobby, I'm a big Lon Chaney fanatic. And when I saw this, I, it blew my mind. But it said, I think it was $180 or $175 or something. And I was like, this is not the Aurora kids. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, what yeah. the heck is it? So then, yeah. So then it said uh, solid resin castings on the ad or something, and I was like, "What the hell is resin?" I had no clue, no clue about none of this stuff. So I, I purchased the magazine, brought it home, and I was uh, reading through it. And then I showed my wife, "Oh, look at this, Lon Chaney with all the faces in a makeup box." And lo and behold, on my birthday, uh, guys, November six, <laughs> I walk Scorpio. in. Scorpio! Yay, Scorpios! Halloween, yeah. <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> yes. What? What is uh, your birthday? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so I showed my wife, and on my birthday, November six, I walked in from work from the police department, and right there on my doorstep with this big box, and it said Janus. I totally forgot the company Janus associated with the the Man of a Thousand Faces. So I picked it up, went in, it had my name on it. I opened it up. There was nobody home yet. I opened it up. I took the box out and it had the box art, which was beautiful, painted by John Lukovic. And right there and then, man, I mean, my head just went poof. I opened up the box. I remember the first piece I took out of the box was uh, the hunchback, uh, the little bus of the hunchback. Man, let me tell you, it's like... Um, when you first met your wife and you fall in love, I fell in love with resin, man. I was, what? You know, what is this? Yeah. So I, I started taking all the pieces out and I'm like, how the hell do you put this together? What do I do? What, you know? So then after that, I uh, started looking for any magazines and anything that involved the hobby itself. And back in the day, one of the first people that I, um, I introduced myself to was John Diaz of um, back then it was Jayco hobbies resin realities. And uh, because he had an advertisement in the back of kid builders magazine. And it said that his location was the Bronx, New York. I worked in the Bronx from, you know, as a cop. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to go and check this guy out. So uh, I went to his house. Yeah, so you ran his place. So you ran his uniform. I was in uniform. His wife opened the door and they're like, oh God, what did John do? Yeah. So I remember I said, Hey, how you doing? You know, uh uh, I noticed an advertisement for uh Jayco Hobbies. He goes, Oh yeah, that's my husband. You know, he's at the shop around the corner. 
Now, I'm thinking it was going to be a storefront or something. I, I had no clue. And uh, she told me where to go. It was a, an apartment building, a big apartment building. It must have been 100 families in there. <clears throat> and he rented out a uh, basement, the whole basement. And that's where he did all his castings and, and his molding. And uh, he had a partner there that worked with him, uh, Carlos uh, Sendra. Great guy. Uh, and uh, I knocked on the door. Some other guy opened the door that was a super. And and I, I said, yeah, I'm looking for John Diaz. Yeah, I went in and <laughs> there he was. <laughs> he took me back to his house, went to his basement. He had display cases with paints and brushes and all this stuff. And I started buying uh, stuff from him. And I started, I painted the Man of a Thousand Faces, which I still have. Um, that was going to be my next question. If you have your, like, do you still have it? I have it, but it's in pieces, man. Okay. Have you repainted it? Like, were you going to repaint it or you still have it? The original? I'm going to. Okay. I'm actually going to. Yeah. Right. I'm actually going to repaint. I got it out of my uh, station there, but I have so many commission pieces that, I you know, I can't get to it right away, but yeah, I will. Yeah. I will. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, I painted it by hand. I had no clue about airbrushing. Um, didn't even know what an airbrush was, to be honest with you. And then I, I started, you know, I was really friendly with John, uh, with his buddy Carlos. Uh, we got we got close. Uh, I started going over there more often. And then I started seeing him airbrushing. And he goes, this is how you airbrush, look. And I was just watching him. I wasn't airbrushing. I was just watching him. Him and Carlos airbrushing and molding and casting, doing all this in his little shop. And then we went to a show. I forgot what it was called. Monster something in Boston. And, uh, and that's where I met Mike Hill and the sculptor. Mike Hill and I became good friends from that show. Uh, we, we talked a lot. Uh, I remember I purchased uh, the Wolfman tribute and the Boris Kolov tribute that he did way back then. <clears throat> and uh, anyway... Pache was there. I think it was Pache or a company that was selling airbrushes and paints and all that. Uh -huh. They left the show on, on a Sunday. You know how Sundays, a lot of guys, you know, pack up and leave early. You know, it's not that busy. He left a ton of Pache airbrushes, but it was the, the single uh, action, mm -hmm. you know, which, you know, I, personally, I don't like. I like the double action. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a single action, but I had no clue what it was. And we went over there, and then uh, I think John is the one that spoke to the show promoter, and he was like, "No, they left it. Take it, you know." So we took them, put them on the side in case they come back. They never came back the whole night. Everybody was closing up for the weekend. We we're like, "There we go." And I got my first airbrush. It was a Pache. Uh, I went home, and let me tell you, I, you know, back then we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have YouTube. You know, so I'm figuring this all out, asking John, you know, how, how do you do this? You know, but um, it was very minimal, but I figured it out and I used it a little bit here and there. But then I started, uh, you know, trying to redo research and uh, my friend Carlos, that is that was John's partner at the time, used to do commission work for Joe at Village Comics in uh, in the village in Manhattan. One day he asked me to go with him because he was bringing a whole bunch of build-ups that he did for Village Comics. I went with him, and uh, 
uh, Joe paid them. And then they were talking about negotiating about more kits. Uh, I think he gave him like 10 boxes of kits and all that. And Carlos uh, told uh, Joe, listen, this is a lot. I still have a few of your pieces. You mind if I give Soul one? And he go. then he looks over at me and he goes, you paint? And I go, yeah, a little bit, you know. Uh, I just started. Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and he goes, here, take this one. And I'll never forget. This is interesting. It was uh, Harvey Keitel, and I think it was Killer Kits or one of the companies from the UK. And it was Harvey Keitel. It was one six scale with his hands sticking out, holding the uh, the forty fives. I think it was for the handguns. So I took it home. You know, and the resin was that. It was almost like that glassy glass porcelain. Yep, yep, you know, yep. resin. Yeah, yeah. You know, blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway, I took it home. And uh, that night, I didn't go to sleep until I finished it. I was so excited that I'm doing something for somebody. So that was my first ever commission kit that wow. I ever did. Uh, the next day after work, I I went to the village. I drove to the village, and I drew, I brought it over to Village Comics uh, to Joe, and uh, I gave it to him. He was like, didn't I just give you this yesterday? And I was like, yeah. I, I, I had no clue what he was trying to get at. He goes, that was pretty quick. How did you? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I stayed up all night, you know. I mean, I was not much, much younger, you know. Today, he'll probably get it in four weeks, you know, <laughs> four or five weeks. Yeah, but uh, I was like, yeah, I stayed up all night, you know. I had to go to work, but I wanted to do it. He goes, wow, it came out beautiful. He goes, and here's the key. He goes, do me a favor, go to the last aisle, walk down the aisle, and look who's there. You'll know who it is. Show him the kit. It was Harvey, uh, not Harvey, it was uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, shoot. He was, he was the director <laughs> yeah. of Reservoir Dogs, yeah. out of all people. So he was there, and, uh, and I was like, hi, Mr. Tarantino. Uh, uh, Joe, the owner, wanted me to bring you this and show you. I just painted it, you know. And, I, and he looked at it and he goes, oh, my God, this is great. Oh, this is beautiful. Did you <laughs> did you paint this? Did you sculpt this? You know, blah, blah. I go, no, I didn't sculpt that. Like, oh, this is beautiful, man. man you know, blah, blah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. You know, that was a nice little highlight, you know, that was pretty neat. So that day, I walked out with about six, seven boxes full of kids from Joe. <laughs> and that's how it all started. Wow. I started doing Village Comics and it was one after the other. And I'll tell you guys, I thank Joe from Village Comics uh, for for that start because that opened up, you know, a whole door, man. That uh, people were coming in. They were seeing my built ups. They were like, hey, who did that? You know, is he available? And it was word of mouth. By the time you know it, I was doing like 20 kits you know uh you know 20 30 kids within the month and it was back and forth and oh, it was wow. nuts yeah yeah all right you're retired now so you can be honest you ever sit in a squad uh, car scraping you know a kid you ever sit in a squad car <laughs> scraping the kid or sanding while you're you know so it's you know listen i could tell you some stories while i was working <laughs> uh, uh doing surveillance and we're watching like a bodega you know that we knew it's so, you know, salt cocaine or crack. And my partner and I are sitting there and I got a kid that I brought with me in my bag. And I'm just like sanding it. You think you were right there? You hit it on the spot there, Scott. <laughs> and I'm over here sanding. Another time um, I brought Sculpey with me and I'm sculpting. I remember the first time I was sculpting a Wolverine bust, a little Wolverine bust. And I was doing the anatomy while I'm sitting there. 
And uh, yeah, we still caught them, you know, the dealers and the buyers, you know, we still caught them, but I'm over here sculpting and cleaning kits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what did the rest Good of the, <laughs> what did the department think of that? Were they like, who's this weirdo <laughs> bringing well, little plastic things around? You know? Yeah. Uh, did you have a nickname well, I, you know, on I the force? Show... I'm sorry? Did you have a nickname on the force? No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't want to say it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. No, I got you. But it'll be yeah. it'll be a little narcissistic, and I'm not. You know, I I didn't yeah. like it, but they named my partner and I. You know, yeah, because we were really um, busy. Really, uh, we we hustled out there. Yeah, and they just called us Batman and Robin. I'm going to say it. <laughs> it. I didn't like it. You know, I was like, ah, well, wait, were you Robin it, or you Batman? What in that outfit? Which one were you? <laughs> I was I, I was fat man, but uh, did I say fat man? I mean Batman. But Scott, stop, Scott. <laughs> yeah, that won't but, get out. Uh, Hold on, yeah, that won't get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, uh, it, it, they really didn't know much what I was doing until I got to organized crime. Uh, I was in a narcotics division. And, uh, and there was a point that, you know, we had our own office and sometimes there were down days and I would bring a couple of my things in and I would work on it. And I mean, a lot of guys found it interesting. They were like, wow. And I was like, well, it's a hobby, you know, it relaxes me and it takes me away from, uh, all this, you know, stuff yeah. that we run into, you know, doing yeah. law enforcement. And it was a relief. I mean, listen, you know, you're a cop in the Bronx, you know, you run into stuff every single day. Every day is a different day. Um, you know, a different experience. I mean, um, so, you know, the hobby really, really helped me out a lot to uh, just relax and, and have something else to fall on besides thinking about, you know, my work, you know, I, I feel the same. <laughs> I feel the same. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised that that was your first, like Janice was your first, that was your first kit. What a yeah. first kit. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, don't start off right off the, nothing. yeah, right off the, just, yeah, yeah. the high dive. It's right like, the, yeah, let's start out with a Cadillac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went right into the lines then with that one. Yeah. So then how did you get hooked up with the magazines? What was your first magazine? How did that happen? Which, which way did that go? Yeah. I, I was offered uh, to write for, um, I got the magazine, uh, Chiller, uh, with Ed Balkley. I forgot. Yeah, I wrote for that um, one too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, res, uh, model maniacs or no, what was it? Not model maniacs. It was model maniacs. Yeah. Was model it model maniacs? maniacs? Right? Yeah, yeah. Model maniacs. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, I turned it down. I forgot why. I mean, I was probably so busy and doing it. So I turned it down and, uh, Ed and I talked a couple of times about it, but I turned it down until, um, uh, Dave Fisher approached me, you know, later on. Uh, and, uh, he approached me and of course I was honored. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been with AFM since issue one. I got, you know, uh, man of a thousand faces, right. The, the cover, you yeah. know, besides issue number zero, which was devil man. Yeah, it think? was devil man. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Um, but so when Dave Fisher, I mean, Dave Fisher, you know, the godfather of painting, the, <laughs> you know, for us little guys, he was the guy, you know, he was the guy, you know, for me, he was, I was like, yeah. oh my God, Dave Fisher. Did you get the videos or, or at be... that point, were you good enough? You didn't need the videos. I mean, did you get the videos early on? 
No, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But you know what? Let me jump to that. Um, as I was training myself, I guess, um, I, I went little by little. I got all, all the videos. Uh, and let me tell you, I played volume one. Geez, so many <laughs> times that I wore that thing down. You know, I still have the VHS and then I got the DVDs, you know. Um, and then when volume two came out and three, I mean, you know, I had to get them. And I'll tell you, I I do uh, thank Dave Fisher for, uh, how can I say, teaching me, teaching all of us, a lot of us in the, in the hobby mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of knowledge, you know, a lot of technique, you know, everything he shared, uh, even though there mm-hmm. were short videos, short clips. But uh, that went a long way. I mean, there's still techniques that I use that Dave put in that uh, uh, in those videos, and they still work today. They don't get old. Uh, of course, you know, there's so much stuff out there, so many techniques, and it, this hobby has advanced so much, not only in sculpting but painting. And uh, but Dave Fisher, man, I give him props. Uh, that guy was number one in my book, man. And today. You know, I still honor him. He's a great guy. He's a friend and uh, a sweetheart, man. That guy's a gentleman, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yes. And I'm going to cut in yeah. here for a second because I talked to Saul earlier today. Um, I'm sorry, Saul. A little bit. And we were talking about, um, Saul was telling me how he gets a lot of messages, um, you know, from people asking questions. And he was telling me how he answers them, you know, the best he can and will take the time to do it. And he was saying how, you know, there's certain guys in the hobby that just don't want to share their secrets. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and and so back to Dave, you know, Dave had no problem, um, yeah. you know, when he started out and just, you know, hey, here's, this is how you do this. And then Dave also, <clears throat> and, and Saul, let me know if you, if you went through this as well. Um, I remember when Dave started out, it was a lot of washes and stuff like that. By the time you get to the third or fourth video, now he's doing pastels instead. Okay. You know, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there's more than one way to get the result you want. It, oh, is absolutely. what I'm saying, but it was funny to watch him adapt, you know, cause he was also learning from people at that point, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, so you, you I, could see you went from- through the same thing, I'm sure. So same thing. I mean, you can see, and that's a great, great point from uh, from the first tape all the way through the other ones, how his progression and and you think Dave Fisher, how could he, you know, but yeah, see, Mm -hmm. it's one of my models. And, and, you know, I've heard it, you know, many times growing up, you know, it life is, is, is never ending to learn. You learn every day. If you could grab one thing, and I tell that to my son and my daughters and my grandkids, if you could grab one thing every day, only, only one, and it doesn't matter how how small it is or how big it is, you learn something new. And if somebody wants to show you something new or teach you something, don't think that you know it all. Absorb it. Take it. Because you never know. It might be useful. And if it's not, you thank them for it, but you don't <laughs> brush it away. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason. like what you say, yeah, you teach me shit, dude. What are you talking about? See, see how he is, <laughs> little narcissist. So. But yeah, but I mean, you, you know, I hope you understand. You know, it's 
you know, uh, you know, life is uh, never-ending learning, man. And you know, and uh, I'll tell you this, you know, to to make a point, Scott, what you were saying is that, um, yeah, there might be people out there that you know want to hold, you know, their 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 uh, their gift or their learning closer to their chest and not give everything out and all that. And I respect it. Um, you know, I respect all my fellow artists, whether they're sculptors or, or painters. I respect them, every single one of them. Uh, and 30 years, almost 30 years in a hobby, you know, I I wish and I hope that I never pissed anybody off. But, you know, and even if there were any, you know, uh, discrepancies or anything, I always try to fix them and always try to meet everybody in the middle. Yep. Because life is too short, you know, life is too short, man. And we're all, I never disrespect anybody. I never talk down to anybody, uh, whether it's my clients, my co, I hate clients, but you know, the collector that word. I paint for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, every time I but, say that, I feel know, like a jerk saying it. It's like, I really do that. You yeah. know, at times on Facebook, I go, Oh, another commission for a client. And then yeah. I go, Ooh. yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, but, and I'll attest to the fact. You and I one time had a small disagreement. And what did you do? You picked it was like up this. Yeah. And you picked up the phone and called me and we talked it out and we're good. We were good. You know, so And here we are, man. We're making out, you know, whenever we see each other, you know, we're good. But it's true, you know, I, I don't put things in public. I don't go out there and, and start, you know, talking to everybody about look who this guy said this or this guy said that. No, you get on the phone, you talk to whoever you you know, you you have that incident with and and you work it out somehow you know because especially for somebody like myself that i know i didn't do anything wrong or i know if i did something wrong then that phone call would be an apology if i did nothing wrong then it's like hey let's work it out why did you feel this way why did you say that let's get together and let's do this you know and let's get back to where we were you know yeah, we need more of that i wish some of my <laughs> i wish some of my girlfriends were like that back in the day but that's another story. <laughs> well, you might end up with more wives. Don't stop. <laughs> oh, no more. Well, no this kind of puts I'm me. I'm pension now. This kind of puts me in a spot where the like some of the questions I did want to ask. If you and it goes to what you just said about le learning something new every day. It, two questions yeah. for someone who's brand new to the hobby and wants to learn how to paint, wants to become a better painter. Advice to that person. And my second part of that is. What's your advice to someone who's been painting for, let's say, two, they've been around a long time, they're painting, but they want to get better. They want to learn something new. What are your advice to those two different people, even though they're kind of like something you picked up along the way, the first, like when you're your first aha moment as a painter, like something that might help a brand new person and something that might help Absolutely. somebody who's been doing it for a long time. Because you do well, teach sure. your classes and, and so something, maybe just a nugget, a little hobby and like tidbit there. To kind of poke some people yeah. in the right direction well for a beginner and an advanced painter you know we, we'll stick with the painting right for a beginner and an advanced painter it's pretty much the same thing and and it's something like i'm, I'm going to be teaching well you know we, we're going to be having fun in the class at jersey fest right? which i'm going to put the picture and, up right here sold out your class is sold out so everyone else, oh. we're going to, when we get to our part of the show, there's going to be some other stuff, but Saul's class is sold out at it. Jersey Fest. There are other classes still available. So please check out yeah. jerseyfestfair.com. We'll put that information up down below, but go ahead. Sorry, sir. Fantastic. Thank you. 
Um, and in the beginning of the class, I usually, you know, do a little, a little talk, you know, 10 minutes. Um, like I said, I pretty much know everybody in the hobby. Thank God it was, a, you know, it's like a second family, everybody. And uh, but for those that don't know me, I introduce myself at, at the uh, at the class, you know, tell them who I am. Uh, you know, I make it short. You know, I don't go through, you know, a whole thing, but I make it short uh, just so they know who I am. But usually if somebody joins a class, they know. But I did get a couple of uh, messages from some of the guys that and ladies that are joining the class. And they'll say, this is the first time I'm airbrushing. Oh, no, I was intimidated by, do, you know, doing a life size piece. And, you know, and my message back to them is pretty much you're going to have a good time. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to paint with you. I'm going to have a casting and I'm going to paint with you. We can go step by step and you're going to walk out of here with a finished piece. And you're going to see how simple it is from point A to point B. It's, it's going to be simple, minimal steps. You don't to do the flesh work. And this is, listen, everybody does it different. Everybody does different work. Uh, Everybody's got different techniques, but the way I'm going to teach, especially for a show, we we only have five, six hours um, with a lunch break. What I try to do is make it as simple as possible uh, to only get uh, pretty much all the all the stuff that you see, all my life-size pieces of flesh work, all the uh, shading and everything. Those are like maybe four steps. I know painters, they'll, they'll do 10, 12, 15 steps to get to that point. And that's fine because that's what they feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, with me, I got so many commission pieces. And I'm not bragging uh, to everybody out there. I'm not bragging at all. I try to stay as humble as I can. But I do have a lot of commission work. I got to have at least 50, 60 commissions that I got to finish. Yeah. What, what's uh, the IRS uh, number down there? What, what's the IRS number down there? Uh, just, you know. um, <laughs> I, I don't think in England. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> <Thank> you, me? <laughs> no. But, <laughs> no, everything's all, you know, taxes, IRS, yeah, and everything. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> just like at the know, shows, but, uh, right? At Wonderfest? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Here's your money, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I try to make it as simple as possible. And here's why, guys, because if you throw too much and I'm sorry, I, I'm going back and forth. Oh, no, you know, you're, you're good. Uh, I use this also from Bruce Lee's philosophy, martial arts. I, I've done martial arts since I was 10 years old, all the way till 2015 when I had my hips replaced. From there, I I kind of. I toned it down a little bit, a lot of stuff going on in life, but I pretty much all my life I've been doing martial arts, different styles. And I trained uh, in New York uh, with one of my great teachers, Richard Torres. Uh, he taught uh, Jeet Kune Do, which was Bruce Lee's style. And Bruce Lee had a philosophy. Keep it simple. Uh, he said, if you if you if you uh, if you practice a thousand kicks one time. You you're not going to be good at it if you if you practice one kick a thousand times you'll become an expert on that kick and it to me I took that he, he he talks about simplicity and for me in painting it's all about simplicity how can I get to that step that I want to to get to that step but make it easier for me 
-hmm. Here's one of my examples. <laughs> yeah. My little Reagan. This actually, guys, is my first Reagan. This is the one that I produce. And this is the first one that I ever painted after I molded and casted it. And I, I said, this one I'm not going to sell. I'm going to always keep this one. <laughs> but to get this effect, to get this flesh work and all the shading, literally, it was about four steps. You know? Yeah. Um, see you later, sweetheart. Nice. But uh, oh, was That's that on hot. camera? That's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh God! But anywho, <laughs> I, I won't so do nothing with that video. It... <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's a cutie pie. But I try to keep it simple, so I do that in the class too. Simplicity, and, and that's why I, I I tell them, listen, you're going to finish this. If you don't finish it, because we, you know, a monkey a, a monkey wrench was thrown in or somehow some way or whatever but it's going to be simple and i'm going to teach them how simple it is because if i teach them just to do the flesh work if i teach them 20 different steps they're going to go home and go shit what did i do yeah what i can't remember i mean i'm going to try to put a little you know quickie staples uh pamphlet for them to take home to remind them what we did in class but still regardless you know if if you throw too much in you forget and you're like, oh, shoot, how do I, you yeah. know, what happened here? So the simpler to get to this step, and I mean, you know, you can see, I mean, it looks pretty decent, right? You know, the Reagan, you could get there easy. Four steps, get it out of the way and then move on. Uh, and that's how I treat all my commissions. You know, um, somebody asked me one day, it was, there was a, a collector, right? They wanted to hire me. And, and he goes, uh, listen, man, that was pretty quick. And you charged me this much. And I usually try not to charge too much for commissions. I try to not to hit anybody over the head, you know, with a yeah. sledgehammer. I try to keep it fair. Um, and he said, well, listen, man, you did this pretty quick. Um, why do you, why do you charge me so much? You know? And I told him something I found on Facebook one time. It's a little mean thing wording. And I threw it in there one time and it was something I forget how to do it, uh, how to, uh, quote it exactly but it was something to the effect of you're not paying me for the 30 minutes you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. you're not paying me for the 30 minutes of doing the job you're paying me for the 30 years it took me to practice and perfect mm -hmm. of, of, you know doing it for 30 minutes yeah you know and it's true you know something to that yep. effect and it's true you know I, I i busted my ass you know, stayed, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, having to go to work at seven in the morning or being there at seven, you know, just to perfect it. I, I locked myself up in the garage five, six hours, just painting, 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 you know, and people, a lot, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, everything that goes into it. And besides that, you asked me back to your question about beginners in advance. And I think my, one of my advices is reference, reference, reference reference is very important even even the reagan i've done over 150 reagans that i painted for for collectors we're going to keep the word client out of uh, the video uh, today like but yeah <laughs> i'm i painted over 150 of these reagans besides all the other stuff that i yeah yeah but you know that's a lot of Reagans, man. But each time I paint them, I mean, now I, I could do it with my eyes closed, but I still throw the movie on. I got a little TV by my station. 
I throw the movie on or I put the soundtrack just to, you know, get in that mood. Or, you know, I do have pictures of Reagan and all that. And I still look at it because sometimes you might catch something that when you were doing back when you got to 75 Reagans, I didn't see it when I until I got to 80 Reagans or 100 Reagans. Oh, I didn't realize that she had a little bit more purple on the cheek over here by the scar. Or, oh, man, she did have more cracks on the lip over here. Or her eyes were a little bit more yellowy green, you know. And you catch those things. You think you know what you're doing in the beginning, but then as you go, as we were talking about before, is that progression, right? You you progress with each piece you do. You progress with each paint job you do. And uh, so it's always a learning process. So I always tell the beginner and I always tell the advanced, reference, you know, get as much reference as you could. It's like sculpting. Mike Hill actually told me that one time. He said, uh, Saul, if you're ever going to sculpt, reference get the face from the front from the sides even the back of the head the top of the head get the ears you know from underneath you know get as much as you could so you'll have no excuse that you got every part of the face and the skull and and the planes in the face and all that but um yeah pretty much uh reference that's my that's my biggest thing i'm, I'm still stuck at 150 um <laughs> so do you ever get lucky and have like and, and maybe you do it this way and maybe you don't okay i've got five of these i have to paint you set you do all the steps at once where you like you know do step one and all five then step two and all five i mean is it easier to do it that way or do you do them one yeah. at a time yeah what i do uh that happened to me well god with a lot of pieces but i can't even say which one because I, yeah. with a lot of pieces but specific uh, specifically with a lot of the pieces that i produce that i sell which are quarter scale bus um besides the life size bus which my reagan was probably my first maybe um but yeah what i do let's say i got to do uh five bram stoker draculas the gary Oldman holding the lantern that i produce uh what I'll do is I always do the flesh work first. I do the heads. So what I'll do is I'll have five heads. I'll stake them with um, the shish kebab sticks, right? And I put them on a piece of wood. I drill holes in the wood, throw them in there, and I'll do the base coat of the flesh for all five. And then after that, I'll say, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I seal them. Mm -hmm. Then I start shading. I'll do the first shade, which is... Um, I was using Jesse's paints, but now I'm switching over to other brands because, as we all know, unfortunately, Jesse is not producing the paints anymore, you know, unfortunately. Um, but um, we'll come back that was to the be a question I had for you, too, to what, yeah. what you're using uh, for a replacement. That was going to be a question I was going to give you uh, because okay. I know you use them. <laughs> okay. But um, so I, I was using transparent uh, uh, rich brown. For the for the first shading, and I you know I go into the crevices, the, you know the sockets, the nose, you know yada yada, and I do that to each one, and then I go in with the transparent Mars red. Now I'll start with the reds, and then I go do the first head, the second, third, and so on and so on, and that's how I do it step by step. Yeah. So let's ask that. What are you using for paint these days? <laughs> what are a favorite go to brand right now, or something you found that works? Well, I'm still experimenting as we're we're doing this. Um, I still do have some of Jesse's paints that I'm using for commissions. Mm -hmm. And I'm also 
um, blending in some uh, badger paints uh, that Ken and George uh, Stevenson, they sell. And, uh, of course, I craft paints from Michael's and Hobby Lobby, you know. Um, I use those, uh, not for everything, but, uh, you know, for the eyes, especially life-size eyes, I use craft paints. That's what I'm going to be using at the uh, at the uh, show for the class. Um, also, Iwata has got a new paint line now. Um, it's called New Worlds. And it's by... <laughs> yeah, N U W O R L D, New World or New Worlds, and it's by a media uh, which is yeah, okay. uh, run by uh, Iwata. And I used their, I, I experimented, I bought one, um, one, one color, which is the light brown, uh, no, the light uh, flesh. I like working from light to dark, so I, I purchased it's called Natural Flesh. Natural light flesh, and it's beautiful. That that's the uh, the base coat that I use for the Bella Lugosi Dracula. So I'm going to use that paint at Jersey Fest for the show for the class. Um, the light flesh from New World, and the shading is uh, Badger paints that I'm using. Uh, until you know, I'm still experimenting. Uh, there's still some other you know colors that I'm going to be experimenting with. Uh, with other companies out there that you know we're we're in talks and um but that's something later on yeah until i firsthand use them you know we and we might do something with uh sauce flesh so stay tuned on that i don't want to oh, go oh, into further nice. but yeah well we'll see if it works out you know i'm looking at the picture of the dracula right now i have to compliment you on your um I know this is gonna sound stupid. Here we go. The, the, the white, and you know how, you know. I mean, it's it, it's just so. That's Scott. Beautiful. I'm proud of you, Scott. I'm so proud of you. What? Because I was gonna <laughs> ask the same question about his okay. white, because you noticed it on this Dracula. I noticed it on your it. White is such a hard color to do, and your whites are fantastic. So Scott, finish your question. Well, I guess my question is: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, is, is there just um, is, is there a, you know, again, is that a Jesse Payne? Is it a what's your trick? Is what, yeah, just what a trick? Uh, you know, it's yeah. I'll tell you. All the credit that I give to is Golden Titanium White. Okay. Uh, I went to uh, Michaels. They sell golden paints there, and. Uh, I was looking for a white because you you guys are absolutely right. You hit it on the head. White is so hard. It's just, you know, either either it comes out watery and it's so transparent that, you know, it's not laying in right. So, you know, I'm constantly buying, you know, certain paints and testing out and experimenting. And I purchased the golden titanium white, I believe it's called, but it's white golden white and it does have a sheen to it but if you have the right sealer uh you know you can find that out if you need it flat but the golden it's it's golden white man it's uh it works well right right out of the airbrush and then uh, like i said it does have a certain little sheen to it but then uh after that i seal it um i use all different types of sealers man i've used so many from uh 
uh hobby lobby has one it comes in a green can uh forgot the name to it but it's it's flat it's like a matte flat um george stevenson actually turned me out and i've seen this one before but i never picked it up and never used it uh and he turned me on to it uh not long ago it's a uh, krylon the uv matte sealer yeah, uh, man, that thing is flat. Yeah, UV. Yeah, it comes in a weird can. Like it looks like a clear top or it, something. It, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's really good. It's really flat. Then, of course, you know, Tester's dull coat, you know, which is hard to get now. And but uh, I always like that one too. And what I like about Tester's dull coat, it's really not that dull. It's really not that flat flat but i like it sometimes it gives a certain little sheen to the skin like um jason i'm looking at you now on the screen shiny and you have a a certain on your on your on your head right yeah. there yeah you got a, a right you there. got a little sheen. Yep. exactly he waxes it <laughs> he wa hey man more power to you <laughs> eat your eat your eat your um but yeah no, it's usually like you know <laughs> but yeah it, it... <laughs> That's your mom down there doing that, not me. Well, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, you know, sometimes skin has a little tiny sheen to it. It does. And I like that look sometimes, you know? Because I, I noticed mean, sometimes there's like... there's dull coats that are so dull that they look like they add a layer of dust on them. Like it actually like, and you don't yes. want that. You don't want that sometimes. It doesn't look good. And then you're like, Man, shit, what do I do? I've been through that and I just like want to like, oh, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, it sucks, so man. Back to, yeah. to the white for a second. When you're shading down the white, though, what do you normally do? You add blue to it? Are you adding black? Are you adding like what are you doing to do your shading on white? Well, I was I was using Jesse's paints, the Garage Kit colors, and I was using transparent paints gray. Man, what a great color to shade. Yeah, because uh, it, it has a little bit of blue in there. Has a little bit of black. Like it has that perfect. Yeah. That's yes choice yes so i'm trying to find something i ran out of that okay <laughs> and i'm trying to find something close to it i did buy uh is it golden i think uh has a shading gray it really doesn't have any blue in it but um uh, uh but what you call it but it, it's it's doing its job it's pretty it's pretty good i know liquitex i like that one has a pain's gray but I don't know if it's transparent. But it, Liquitex, uh, the two, oh, okay. used to have a pain. I'll look gray. into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've seen a ton of uh, grays, uh, uh, Payne's grays out there, but mm -hmm. uh, not transparents. Right. Uh, right. But I'm, I'm still in search of. I mean, you know. Oh, I also like the way you hit the vest, and I think a lot of people make this mistake: is that they'll paint the vest the same white as the shirt okay yeah and um i've seen you do it on a few of your draculas over the years where you know you'll hit that vest will be almost have a little cream or brown kind of tint to yeah. it yeah it's okay it's a little creamy and, yeah and you know because it it's 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 a vet it's different it's different material so it would show it really, different, you know, and exactly. And, you know, again, it goes back, Scott, good. That, that's a great point. And it goes back to what I was saying before about reference. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing the Draculas and even before this one, I mean, when I did 
I've done other Bella Lugosi's and all that. Um, I go online and I Google, you know, tuxedos or vintage tuxedos, vintage vests, and I look at different colors. And, you know, I, I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, let me tell you, today, Google is our friend. I wish I had it, you know, 30 years ago. Um, Isn't it weird to think yeah, back like 30 years, how hard this actually was 30 years ago? Because you oh, were just man. like oh winging God. it most of the time. Like it, until like Gremlins of the Garage came along, you were just trying to figure stuff out on your own. And yeah. now you can just, you know, watch a video anytime you want of anything you want to try and do. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know if, if you went through this, Jason, but I bet Saul did. How many fucking giant phone bills did you have from talking to people long distance on Always. the phone? Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and no, I, the wife would get the phone bill. What the fuck are you doing? So, uh, you know. One last thing I want to say about Dracula, and I noticed you did it on this one. You did the red. But one of the ideas I had years ago in my head was the very light lavender. I always thought that would look great. And I think you I were the first one I saw do that on a Janus kit. And I was like, fucker, somebody stole that idea out of my head because it was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like, you know, um, Oh and, you God. know, it was very toned down. It wasn't like bright purple. It was just a very, it was very subtle down. Yeah. And yeah. I remember looking at that going, that's really cool. What color was it? What, yeah. what color was it in real life? It was actually gray. I think, I think it was gray. Yeah, I think it was gray. Yeah, it was a great color. And I know in, Ab in Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, it was yellow or like a yellow gold or something. Yeah. Well, I heard like a salmon color, but then I did hear yellow as well. So I think yellow. Yeah. And I heard salmon. Yeah. Is correct. It's, uh, but I know the cape was in auction at one point, and it did have that yellow, gold yellow color to it. Yeah. But so, uh, I used the red on that one because you know the red kind of sticks out and kind of breaks up all the mm -hmm. the black and everything there. So I just wanted to do you know if I did the uh, the the lavender or the purple, it will kind of blend in a little bit. I think you know mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I, I think you could have done gray, but as well. But the red looks, you know, red is so traditional. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, I mean, there's no wrong or right. You know, it, it's. Uh, although yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust your ass about one of my pet peeves sometimes that don't, you do. Don't, don't bust no. his ass. That's the fucking Good. flesh colored Good. Frankenstein's. God damn it! Give us some green and yellows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to, okay, you want to hit, but, you, but you no, I, I know that. the reason, and it, it, it's funny. I know, I know. Um, I don't mind the green color, and I've done it many times. Mm -hmm. Um, but for my personal, you know, I, I've always said, if if the Frankenstein monster was truly, you know, if it was real, and uh, and he was brought back to life, mm -hmm. you know, why would he be green? Right. You know, right. what, you know, if he's brought back to life, it's because now blood is flowing. Right. And he's right. going to have some color to it. But I try not to give him, you know, a, a typical flesh, realistic color. I try to, you know, have some uh, like gold toner undertones in there or, you know, pretty much almost like if he has a, a, a liver problem or something uh what's what's that called i forgot jaundice uh, um jaundice. what is it jaundice jaundice jaundice, jaundice. There you, you look go. yellow yeah I, no and i'm looking at this one eyes. you did um george's that you did here and i i do like that one so um 
but it, it's uh, I always say every time I see salt, another flesh Frankenstein. <laughs> but, but no, but I'm not also a green guy either. I, I mean, I like the mix. Like you say, some yellow. Oh, yeah. One of the first ones I saw, David Fisher. Um, I think we know who that is by now. Uh, he did a Horizon Frankenstein that he had posted pictures of. They actually had a yellow, oh, yeah. yellowish, maybe a tinge of green. Yeah. But it was very yellow, and it was like, I really like yeah. that. Um, I like this one that I'm looking at now that you did. Well, it's it's in the book also. Yeah. Um, if you read the book, the Mary Shelley book, you know, uh, he's got that yellowy parchment skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you know he's got some kind of disease or something. Uh, Mike Hill is actually um, his own piece that he did. Um, I love his colors. He's done them in that that green tone also, but he's also done that almost you know fleshy yellowy mm. disease color and he's also done them in like in these gray undertones under his skin with some breaking up of the skin which i find it very interesting and i want to do that i have one of mike hill's uh frankenstein monsters here that i've had it for years that i purchased from him and never did it so i want to mm. i want to paint that one and i want to do a nice big bust Add to it and all that, and and I like I said, I'm looking at this one you did here now, and I really like it. Um, oh yeah, that's the uh, the black heart one, black correct? one, right? Which is a yeah. Michael sculpt, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a you know. So I'm looking at your Phantom, really good. Which which one? The Phantom, the Phantom of the one? Opera, where he's got it. He's like this. Oh, he's got crossed, his hands crossed. Yeah, crossed. That's the quarter scale uh, piece. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into a couple of things about it, but I, painting wise. How do you go, like, is it hard for your brain to switch from doing something like a traditional just uh, flesh colors and say, okay, I got to monsterify this. Like, you were just going through that process with Frankenstein. How would you do that with the Phantom? Because typically the Phantom, when you see his face, it's really white, like really white, kind of got that ghost yeah. kind of face. Whereas this, yeah. I think, looks really natural. But the one thing I really love about this piece are your fingernails. Because... <laughs> Because I think one of the most common mistakes I'll see people paint fingernails wrong. So if you could kind of maybe give some people some pointers on painting fingernails, I would appreciate that. Because oh, not a problem. Because there, people I think they don't look at fingernails when they paint them. They think what fingernails should look like instead of yeah. actually looking at what they are. So kind of walk us through I that. Look at my own. <laughs> yeah. 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 I look, I look at my own. Uh, well, with the flesh, uh, yeah, the, you know, I used to hit a wall like, okay, I gotta, I gotta break out of doing regular flesh, and I gotta do whether it's a, you know, ghostly creature or something, or the phantom, or even Bella Lugosi. Um, You know, I've seen, you know, done beautifully and everything, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I've seen, you know, the Bella Lugosi painted pretty much almost white. And and it kind of looks, you know, God, please, guys, forgive me, everybody out there. But like a clown, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm 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 uh, naming, you know, Dave Fisher, my kill a lot here because I, I did get a lot of I absorbed a lot of their wisdom, I guess you want to call it. And I remember one time Mike Hill said uh, to me, he goes. You know, Saul, if if you paint Bela Lugosi with white skin, he's not going to be able to walk the streets of London past people. They're going to look at him funny, and he's going to stick out. 
maybe he said in other words, but something like that, that he goes, he's going to stick out. He's going to be noticeable. When he's out there, you see in the 1931 Dracula, the scene where he's walking, he's got the cape on, he's got the top hat. You know, he's like a gentleman with his cane and he's walking the streets. And remember, he goes to the flower girl behind the uh, the wall mm -hmm. and he, you know, he does his thing and he goes to the opera. And that's where he meets Helen Chandler and, you know, yada, yada. If he was white like a clown, I mean, he won't be able to approach anybody. Nobody's going to be walking by him and not noticing him, right? So he made sense. He goes, he's got color to him. So you got to paint some, you know, it's got to be flesh. Yeah, he could be pale. I mean, how many people do we know that are pale skin? But they still don't look like clowns, you know? So that made a good, you know, that always stuck with me. Um, with the fingernails, <clears throat> it's pretty much easy. I take uh, uh, a warm gray, uh, more to the white side, but not white, white, but a warm gray. And I make a wash. And I, I, I just use uh, water. I don't use anything else. I just use water. It's water-based uh, paints. So I use water. And I thin down the, uh, the very light, warm gray. And, and I just start with a detailed brush uh, doing the, uh, the fingernail. Um, sometimes it'll disappear a little bit because, you know, it's watery. It's a wash. And sometimes I have to go over it again a couple of times. And that's all it is. Nothing, nothing. Like I was talking about before. So, uh, you could have got the paint. You could have got the paint off your thumb before you came out. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Let me tell you, I was painting before, and I was trying to scrub it, and I couldn't. Scott like, doesn't know. He I'm doesn't actually, know the pain of actually paint. You're constantly a pain on your hands. Yes, God, you gotta, you gotta yeah. paint, man. Before you, you know, come on. Don't turn on me. So. In your hands. Don't, don't turn on me. <laughs> yeah, man. So I want to say something about this phantom piece. And I don't know if Saul remembers, but um, I got one of these from him when he first came out with it at the uh, Kit Builders show down in St. Louis, because you and uh, oh Mark had God. a table right next to me. And, That's uh, right. And you oh had this God. and the other Lon Chaney piece, which, forgive me, I don't know the name of. Um, uh, anyway. It was either the Hunchback? No, it wasn't the Hunchback. It was the other one. The London he... After Midnight? No. the um... Oh, the Blind Bargain. Yes, blind bargain. Yes, that's it. Blind bargain. Yeah, I think you had that in this. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and, and I still stand by this. I was talking to Paul Gill about this recently. I'm not a fan of the opera fan as far as, you know, I mean, it's okay. And the character is okay. And I have, I think, two representations of it in my collection. And no, three now. I'm sorry, three. And this is by far the best one. I mean, when I saw oh. this and I saw it painted, I said to myself, I got to have this, man. I got to have this. Oh, and, thank you, uh, man. And I still have it, you know, and it's like, hey. it's unpainted, of course, but it's, you know, I just looked at this and it's Mark did a beautiful job on it, obviously. Let me tell you, Mark, uh, yeah, Mark blew that out of, uh, out of the park. He, you know, I, I like I said, you know, I'm a big Cheney nut. And I wanted the Phantom. And, uh, you know, I, I thought of no one else but Mark at the time to do it. I'm, God, how old is that kid now? 10, 10 years, 12 years? I forgot. Oh, more than and that. And he's still a seller. Yeah. He's still, still a seller, big seller. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hired Mark to do that. And let me tell you, we 
we went back and forth on the phone with references and talking about it. He he was so great with it, man. He was, and then at one point he says, "Won't you come over?" Uh, I was in New York and he was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and he said, "Won't you come over and um, hang out with me for the weekend?" And you could watch me, you know, sculpt it. You know, you could see what I got in person. And I took the drive down there and I stayed the weekend. I mean, I was blown away by what he was doing. And uh, when he was done and he sent it to me, uh, I'll tell you, I I couldn't be happier. Today, it, it's still one of my favorite pieces that I, I produce. And um, I could say Mark, Mark did uh, that one. He did uh, the Cheney uh, hunch, uh, Hunchback. He did the Cheney, um, uh, the Laugh Clown Laugh when he's playing the clown. You know, and obviously when I did the Reagan, uh, I contacted him and uh, another another great masterpiece, man, by his hands. I mean, you know, he does fantastic work, mm -hmm. you know. But so. thank you for the kind uh, comments, man. Uh, I'm glad you, you still... You still like the Phantom there? Oh no, it's I have that one. I have the Mike Hill one, or not Mike Hill one. I'm sorry, uh, the Jeff Yeager, Yeager one that he did for um, that Mark from Pestilence has now. Um, that was originally Monsters from the Woods. I have that one. Oh, okay, yeah. And then I have the, um, you know, the geometric one. It, although it's not a real good Cheney likeness, it just had a it's weird. Nice. It, yeah, it's got it character. Had a, it, had a, it, it, yeah. it had a cool flow. Yeah. You know, with the with the tie yeah. glowing and all that. It and I do the, have yeah. the um the full size figure um Phantom at the Organ when Jeffrey released that. I did pick that up. And oh yeah. I think that's just oh, yeah. a beautiful piece. The um Yeah. I I, I was hoping that uh John Alukovic was gonna put out the uh the Phantom and the Organ that Jaeger did for him. Mm -hmm. I was really looking forward to it. Now he sells it in a bronze, and I, I mean, I I can't afford it, you know. But right. it's such a I gorgeous. Know. I piece. even tried to talk to him and said, "Come on, man, put it out in the resin," you know. It's yeah, like, because, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. So. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah. How did you it's get gorgeous. into sculpting? Well, I I don't do much sculpting. Obviously, you know, I'm too busy you know, painting, you know, uh, but, uh, I tried my hand, well, many, many years ago, you know, again, when I started, uh, I was like, well, I wonder if I could do this, you know, and sitting in the couch with the, um, the, uh, translucent beige, uh, Sculpey, you know, yeah. and I remember the first one I did was, I believe, uh, an Igor, uh, Bella Lugosi Igor that you have right behind you there. This, I think that's a sticker or something, right? Yeah, a magnet. That's a sticker, right? Yeah. And I did an Igor. And that's funny because the first kid that I produced ever, ever, and I don't know how I just jumped into this, you know, but uh, that was many, many years ago. I was with, uh, again, Mike Hill at the Wonderfest. And George Stevenson had uh, Bill Paquette sculpted the uh, Son of Frankenstein that was in vinyl for Geometric yep. when George Stevenson had Geometric. And it's uh, it was one-eighth. And uh, I purchased it at the show. And um, my, that's where Mike Hill, you know, introduced me to to George Stevenson uh, for the first time. And I think at the time he was a lawyer, maybe. George, correct me later yeah. on. You can call yeah. me and let me know. But I think he was a lawyer. 
And uh, I remember Mike goes, hey, you know, Saul, here's a cop, you know, and you're like, hey, you know, we're <laughs> in law enforcement. Hey, you know, and uh, and I picked up the son of Frankenstein by Bill Paquette. And uh, during the evening, I, I approach Mike and I say, Mike, you know, we'll go really nice with that son of Frankenstein and Igor. I said, would you be able to sculpt it for me? You know, and he goes, absolutely. Like, Whoa, Mike Hill's going to sculpt something for me, you know, and. Uh, that was the first kid that I ever produced was Mike Hill's uh, Igor, and it was a one inch scale. I want to go and on record I, I saying I bought one. I want to go on record as saying I did buy one. <laughs> did you? Oh, yeah, it had the you. like uh, line art, uh, red line art on the box art. Um, was did oh, you do did, that? No, box? Was, or did Mike no, do that? No, it was a box art. I think it was in uh, like a brown pencil. Yeah, all right, it you're was, right. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was, was a brown pencil sketch. Yes. And it was done by a very, very good friend of mine, uh, Lewis Sterling. Okay. Uh, fantastic artist. And uh, when when I produced the kid, uh, I talked to him about uh, doing a box art for me, and he, he sketched that out for me, and uh, it, it came out really cool, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was the first kid. And let me tell you, I sold over 100 copies of that, that little thing. Mm -hmm. um and it was a good good piece and then after that i didn't produce anything for for quite a, a while and then i came across the phantom and i did the phantom phantom did very well and then we continued down the line and here i am today you know with uh quite a few pieces you know so i'm pretty much in, in my shop or the garage actually i do molds i'm molding now i, I do the molds i do castings i paint i you know um, I paint for other producers too, you know, for their display sometimes. Well, and that goes directly you know, to what Scott said when we were talking to Jesse a few episodes ago, that if you could teach yourself one thing in the kit producing process, it cuts out some money. It'll save you some money down the road. And here you've kind of, you've kind of cornered all those things. If you're casting, molding, painting, produce, like you're doing it all. So you are the traditional one man shop of kind of doing that stuff. So. Oh cool. yeah. Oh yeah. The only thing I'll say is that it, it has held me back from being as quick as I used to be with painting commissions, uh, because I used to bang these out like this, you know, and with quality, you know, yeah. I try to give them, I try to give the uh, collectors something that I would like to put on my own shelf. You know, I don't want to just bang it out and go, here you go, pay me. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, then I'll hold back and I'll take my time and, if I had to take longer, I'll take longer. But have you ever stopped to count how many commissions you think you've ever, you've done total? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've been writing them down for the past maybe four or five years only. I never used to write it down. I was like, let me write this down. So far, right now, and I've been procrastinating. In the sense of there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. And, and I, you know, there are days that I don't even go in the garage because I can't because, you know, I'm juggling so many things and there's other things that are happening. And uh, so I, I, I'm not up to par to what I've done, let's say last year or the year before, but like I'll say right now, and again, I'm not saying this to brag or boast, but right now I'm up to like 70 commissions that I finished for the year so far last year i think i did 149 it's it's six over it's half over right six months we're in yeah, yeah. we're we're in the yeah. seventh month so now. 70 last kits year, in six months 
Wow. Scott, <laughs> Scott, <laughs> 70 kids in six months. You know what? If that's the case, <laughs> in 60 months, in five years, I could be done with my whole collection. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Come on, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> chop, chop. Let's go. <laughs> Last year, I think I did 149. Wow. Okay. I think it was. But again, you know, that's a lot of hours, a lot of long hours in there. And the, you know, and the family, you know, accepting what I'm doing. And, right. you know, right. You yeah, know, I, I hear you on that. Trust me. Well, yeah. and I'm looking at this. Let's, uh Exorcist piece you did in Blackheart with the, um, you know, the two faces and the yeah with Father Father Karras. Yep. And and I look at something like that and I go, yeah, that takes longer than you know just doing a standard Dracula or something. I'm because I'm just looking yeah. at all the detail in that. It's just amazing. Um, it, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of yeah a lot of detail that it's a lot of work on that piece. That that's a crazy piece, man. That is a crazy it really piece. is. And that one I painted, uh, you know, with a little more funky colors with the purples and all that to simulate the poster that was uh, referenced from. You know, do you have but a favorite it, kid? It's a great piece of all time. I'm sorry. Do you have a favorite kid of all time? Jeez, like not not even necessarily one that you've painted. Like when you think of like that's my favorite oh, no, yeah. kid. <laughs> like what is like. Well, the, or the a top three a thousand faces, huh? Or a top, top three. three. It was top three. Yeah. yeah. Let's go top three. Oh, okay. Well, Give some the, the Janus Man of a Thousand Faces, you know, I hold that dear to my heart. So yeah, like your Mount they, Rushmore of garage kits. So you have yeah. the Man of a Thousand Faces. And what are the other ones? Because that one, you know, that one kind of started it all. And it's a beautiful kit, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, you can pick your own. It's hard. <laughs> it really, it really is hard because there's so many amazing pieces, man, by so so many amazing artists out there. God, you know, we never leave really it at man of a thousand it. faces. That's, I mean, that Let's works. Leave it That's there it. for yeah. now. What uh, have you ever just wanted to smash a kit like you were having the heart? Like, what's the hardest thing you've ever done that you're like you were just like over it? I don't want to paint this anymore. It's killing me. But in the end, you figured it out, and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's okay. Oh, man. Uh, well, back in the day, and, 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 it, and it wasn't a hard kit uh, or kits. Back in the day, quite a few years ago, I used to belong to a group, um, the Statue Form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? But the, mainly, it's, it's a lot of superhero kits, you know, comic book characters and all that. And a lot of people started getting to know who I was there. Uh, matter of fact, I think that's where I met Jesse Garcia. Probably. And uh, yeah, it was there because uh, I painted a lot of his little superhero bus that he used to have. So I think I painted a set. I think it was the Wonder Woman, uh, Batman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and I forgot whatever, the Flash. And I posted it up there and a lot of people, you know, they liked it. Who uh, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty yoga, it's pretty good. I want you to paint mine, right? Type of thing. Uh and I remember, man, without even anybody saying, Could you paint it for me? I'm at my doorstep, you know, and I got like, you know, 10, 12 boxes, and it's like 10 Wonder Womans, you know, 10 Batmans, the Superman. And I'm like, oh my God, 
and, and let me tell you, after you paint like five of them, you just like want to grab and fling it against the wall. And you're like, I don't want to paint another one. I think I don't want to speak for him, but I think is uh, another fantastic artist, uh, uh, Jim Capone. Mm-hmm. I think he doesn't like to uh, to paint multiple kids of the same yeah. kids. Yeah, you know. Uh, he says, I paint one and that's it. I don't want to hear. If you want me to paint oh, another one, you got to pay me because I've I don't written want to have a piece of paper here. One that I bet you were really sick of early. Okay. Go ahead. I've written it on this piece of paper. Well, let's see if you Go can ahead. guess. But it, it was, it was, it was a, one of those superhero busts that early on when you, when you started painting them and I was like, oh man, he's got to be oh, sick of painting that one by now. See oh, if he, man. Let's see if we're on the same page. Could you give me a hit? Karnak moment. Um, I'll say it, it was a female bust. Oh, shoot. It was a female, but it wasn't Wonder Woman, was it? No. As soon oh, as I pop God. this piece of paper up, you're going to go, oh, yeah. Fuck that piece. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, come you on, ready? Scott. You got it. You got it. You got it. I'm just going to give it to you. Oh, it's blown out. We can't. Oh, there we go. Oh, (laughs) Starfire. I think that was another Jesse piece, wasn't it? It was. It was one of the first Jesse pieces, I think. That bastard. (laughs) And you painted that thing beautifully. Okay. And I can't tell you how many of those he probably sold because of that, because I know I bought one because of the paint job. Okay. That was, it was, that was another one. So am I right? Is that one of those you were like, Jesus Christ, if I got to paint another one of these, okay. Oh, my God. I think I have one (laughs) stored somewhere in in my storage. But, yeah, you're 100% right. (laughs) Okay. So that would have been one of them for sure, right? Yeah. I can't even count how many of those I painted. Unbelievable. So what else, guys? Hit me with some uh, questions. Is there anything you won't paint if someone approaches you and says, Will you paint this? Will you just say, no, I don't paint those, or I don't want to paint that, or whatever? Is there anything you want? Oh, yeah. Okay. And and I've been sent those kits, and I've shipped them back to them. Mm-hmm. Recast. Okay. I won't paint and recast. You know, especially myself as a kit producer, I would hate for somebody to recast my kits, you know, and then just have it exploited out there and send it to painters to paint and all that. And, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to go out there and go nuts and everything, but, you know, it's, you know, we're putting hard, you know, hard work, you know, earn money into this and um, a lot of work, a lot of money and all that for somebody to just go, hey, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, you know, one time, I think one time I, I ousted somebody on Facebook and it was after multiple talks with this one particular person. Um, and uh, and it came to the point that I, I even warned them. I was like, listen, I'm going to put your name out there because you're telling me you're not recasting my piece, but we know you are. And everybody's coming out and telling me. And it was my Jack piece from American Werewolf in London. Oh, I know. Who it was. Uh, the one with the, with the face torn up. Yeah, and I know who it was then too. So it's... yeah, it was some guy in England. So and uh... Uh, and uh, somebody somebody brought it to my attention. And he goes, "Listen, he's posting that he's got uh, 
this kit available and it's really rare, hard to get, you can't get it. They didn't, didn't say who sculpted it, didn't say who produces it, um, didn't give any information at all whatsoever, but very rare and it's available. I got three available ready to ship. So I contacted him and I go, uh, hey, how are you? Um, you got three available? Yes, I do. And uh, don't, you know, and I explained, that's my kit. You know, where did you get it? Oh, oh, Saul, you know, then it, it was like, oh, Saul. Then it's basically, well, listen, you know, the thing is that, uh, it, you know, I'm putting it out there. And if I get orders, I will contact you and then you can send it to me and, I'll, you know, I'll sell them here in England. And I go, how about if, I, if it's out of production? What if I don't sell it anymore and it's not available? You're putting it out there and you're advertising it without even knowing if it's still available or not. And then you're lying to the mass and you're saying that it's rare, hard to get, hard to find. Mm -hmm. He goes, so where did you get the three? No, you know, still, no, no, I was going to order from you. I said, it's out of production now. How's that? So how are you going to order it? You know, and, and then he started cursing and yelling at me and who do you think I, you know, I am and all this other stuff. And pretty much I said, take it off, please. You know, I, I'm not selling anything to you. Oh, well, I'll take a few, you know, like I'm not selling it to you. And that was like the only time. But then he kept on. He started message me, you know, getting a little vulgar. And, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, I'm going to defend myself. And I uh, went out there and I just pretty much just, you know, hey, guys, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very subtle. I don't go out there with the cursing and the, you know, this scumbag and you know this and that. Yeah, I hate. I just those went guys. out and said, I, I hate where? those guys that do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, I, I always try the nice way first. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I try to do the right thing, and I pretty much warned everybody. Listen, be careful. If this guy's selling you the the Jack Goodman bust, it's not his. You know, it's not. I don't sell it to them. It's mine. You can get it here if you like. You know, if not, you know. It's got to suck, though. I mean, I'm sure some people that have sent you recast had no idea either. Okay? I mean, you know. That's uh, what I always thought. And that's why I'd know. never, you know, like, how dare you? And all that. I've always like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I opened up the box. I noticed it was a recast. Look, you got to understand. I've been in a hobby for a long time. I know, mm -hmm. you know, this transaction is just between me and you. But it is a recast. And you know, if it ever comes out or something, I don't want my name to be, you know. Yeah. You know, no, that's you, good. You know on what you, I mean? Man. Yeah. And but it's hard to police that sometimes when you get a box of stuff, then you have to go and research. Is this legit? So it's hard, but sometimes they just, yeah. you right, right away. know if that's what it is. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So are there any kits themselves you won't do or any subject matters you won't do or anything like that? Or were you pretty much, uh, no, I mean, um, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not really heavy into doing styrene kits because they take much longer, mm -hmm. you know, because of the seam. I just did that uh, Vampirella. I don't know if I sent you a picture you did. of it. You did. I got I it did. right here. Okay. I just did that X plus Vampirella, um, which is a beautiful, it's one of my favorite poses because of uh, uh, Jose Gonzalez, is it, the artist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you know, we were younger, they had that uh, door poster that they mm -hmm. used to sell in the back of Famous Monsters magazine. And I always loved that particular art piece, that image. And uh, X-Plus knocked it out of the park, you know. That's so I was asked by uh, a friend to, to do it for a friend of his. And uh, Frank Whisper, 
actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it for him. And of course, it took a little longer because I have so much commission work and I constantly contacted him, you know, I'm so sorry. Thank you for your patience, you know, and I do that with a lot of clients, you know, it's it's all about communication, you know, but uh, it took a lot of work. And he, I think it came out pretty good. Um, but uh, I was going to ask it, you about this piece, makeup tips, like anything with uh, tips on makeup. Like how to do makeup on a, on on a face? Like her eyeshadow oh, is like spot on the awesome. female. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh the old Fisher, the Dave Fisher way pastels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any? Uh, yeah. um, do you seam a styrene kit different than you do a garage kit? Do you have a different technique? I mean, because it's got to be a nightmare. Okay. It, it's... Well, yeah. That that that's what I mean. I. I I'd rather not do styrene kits, like I said, because, you know, I don't know. It's it's a little different for me, you know. And I guess I've gotten used to doing, you know, the resin kits that it's become so much easier. It's like second nature now. Styrene is more about building uh, than it is anything else. Like, that's like, it's clipping, sanding, puttying. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I actually used uh, Bondo for the seam lines. Okay. And uh, I had to do like three, like three coats of it. And, you know, first coat and sanding, second coat sanding, you know, third coat sanding. I actually talked to uh, my buddy, uh, Mark Worthling, a uh, great guy, another oh, amazing guy. guy in the hobby. No, he's not. He's yeah. a bastard. Do you know he's what he did worst. to me? Don't worst. you know what he did to me? Oh, wait, here what comes Scott's do? sob story he, of he, idea he, stealing. He took my damn idea and ran with what it. What did he do? bought his wife a diamond with the money he made off of it okay and the cheap bastard made me pay for mine okay <laughs> i'm just saying all right and then what? they add insult to injury okay i they were in town last week for g-fest i took him and his wife shan out to dinner and that cheap bastard got tyrannosaurus arms and i ended up paying the bill too so you know he was a t-rex yeah oh yeah yeah so, so yeah it's a it's a it's a mark wreck. I, I don't know. Listen, Scott, I don't it must be you because every time <laughs> him and I go out to dinner with his wife, he pays. He is a cheap bastard. I think you hit the nail on the head. It must be Scott. <laughs> so, no, it's gotta I, be Scott. I, I, all seriousness, I love both of them. They're, they're he actually people. uh him and Shana live about a half hour from me. Okay. Uh which is great. Uh for anybody that doesn't don't know out there, I, I grew up in New York after Cuba. We went to New York and lived there all my life and Two years ago, we moved to Florida, which is fantastic. Let me tell you, what a different lifestyle, different life. Even though I'm not a big fan of the heat, you know, um, I do like the cold. But let me tell you, it's a, it's a different life. It's a different world here, man. It's so much more relaxing. And I'm 10 minutes away from the beach, you know, <laughs> literally 10 minutes away. Oh, um, do you have to air condition your garage to work in it? To, uh, I, mean, I do, man. I, I do. I, I, Jesse Garcia gave me a good idea to use um, what is it called? A mini, uh, mini something. What? God, I'm went blank. It's 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 an air conditioner, but it gets attached to the wall. A mini split. It gets okay. attached to the wall, and there's a unit outside of it. So you have to drill a hole, but you got to get an electrician in and all that. I still haven't done it, so I mm. have a. Uh, a large window unit in there, but man, it could get hot. So I wake up early in the morning uh, before I even go to the bathroom. I run into the garage, turn <laughs> the thing on all the way high. And by the time I 
you know, freshen up, have my coffee, my breakfast. I go in there. It's nice and cool. But uh, Jesse gave me that idea with the mini split. And he says, man, it's like a, a, a freezer in there if you put that thing on. So I'm going to invest on that thing because I spend more than half the day in, in that yeah. garage. Mm-hmm. But that garage could get hot, man. Let me tell you. Let's talk about Jersey Fest. Jersey Fest. Give us a little, little like, you're involved in the history of Jersey Fest. So give us, you know. Yeah. So a little promotion for Jersey Fest coming up. Oh, and, yeah. And how it came to be and your end of that and sing the praises sure. of Jersey Fest. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad it's back this year again. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing uh, the gang and, and everybody in the hobby and, you know, attendees and sculptors and painters and everybody getting together. I'm really looking forward to it because, um, we, you know, with the pandemic, uh, it, it was put on hold, unfortunately, but uh, it's we're back again, thank God. But uh, it all started quite a few years ago, and it started at uh, my good friend uh, Dave Tamakio's house. Um, we normally go to Dave's house all the time for barbecues and get-togethers and and watch old classic horror movies. And you know, sometimes I'll drive down there and uh, spend the weekend with him and. His wife, amazing, and his kids were, you know, we're all close. We're like family. And uh, one year he said, hey, I'm going to invite a few guys over. We go to my basement. I'm in his basement. It's like another apartment. And he said, yeah, we're going to get together. And uh, I got a spider coming down. Hang on. (laughs) Try to get him out of the way. Hey, buddy. Don't get bit. No. All right. He'll eat it. See, your spider senses are tingling. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh. He invited six people over his house, me including, and uh, we brought kids over, hanging out, you know, working on kits and pinning, sanding, putting stuff together, you know, yada, yada. And then we order food. We go upstairs, throw on a classic movie. You know, we had a good time. And uh, he did that for, geez, I don't know, about uh, four years or so. And each year, you know, first year was only six of us. Second year was about about eight to 10 of us. The third year was like 15 of us. And then, well, the last year, 60 people in his house, I think it was. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I remember Vinny from Resin Crip was there. Uh, Fritz, remember Fritz yep. was there. Uh, Robert Tundi, uh, you know, all, all these guys. I think Mark Van Tine was there. Was Ken Kelly yeah, at that was one? There. Was, was Ken Kelly at that one too? I, I remember seeing a picture that Ken Kelly was at one no. I don't think he was there. Okay. He was at one of them, though, wasn't he? Because I remember I seeing remember. a picture. I, I could swear I saw a picture with him. And he yeah, was I don't dating. remember Ken yeah. Kelly. Yeah, but I mean, everybody was there. I think yeah. Mike Allen came. It was a whole bunch of us. They even uh, He even got folding tables out in his basement, and he told everybody, listen, if you got kids for sale, bring them. If you got stuff that you want to get rid of, bring them. You never know who might want to buy them, you know? And then at the end of that night, um, he announced to everybody there at his house. Like I said, it was about, I think it was around 60 people, if not more. And um, and he said, listen, guys, next year, I'm thinking about making it into a show. And uh, the following year, it was a show. I think it was at, uh, I forgot what school it was, Princeton, somewhere in Princeton. Uh, and they used uh, the gym. And uh, I taught a class there also upstairs above the gym. There was another big room. And we did the class there. And uh, it was a great time. Uh, people came, you know, whole deal. And one thing led to another, and he got a hotel. 
it got bigger and the following year it got bigger and even bigger and you know became the jersey fest that we know today uh and then uh he handed the reins over to uh rob saloni rob saloni took it over for a few years and this year we got giovanni zoloza and his beautiful family taking over jersey fest so we're hoping that everybody could go and uh have a great time i think the hotel rooms are almost sold out uh practically almost sold out so it's good. it's good That's it's good looking it's looking really really good right now especially with the vendors and all that um this is giovanni's obviously first year that he's doing this you know he's testing it out uh so uh you know hopefully he gets that support from the hobby community and uh and everyone can go you know and obviously as you know i'm teaching a class there the bella lugosi dracula class it's sold out so firsthand uh i want to thank everybody that that's supporting my class and and sold it out i really from the bottom of my heart i appreciate every single one of you and just to let you know if um anybody from my class is seeing this I also have a little surprise for all of you as a thank you for coming to the class. They're little, little, you know, little gifts is some just a little cool. trinket, you know, yeah. uh, but it's going to be pretty cool. I think you guys are going to like it and I'm going to give it away. I'm going to sell them on the table. But for you guys that are attending my class, I'm going to give it away as a gift, as a thank you to all of you. Um, and we're going to have a great time. Uh, like I said, I'm going to teach simplicity. It's going to be simple. It's going to be effective. And you, all of you, I know from beginner to advanced, you're all going to come out with a with a beautiful piece. I know I could see it already. Uh, I, I am going to say that there, there's like two or three people in there that are ringers. They're really, really good at painting, and I admire their painting also. So I'm honored and I'm very, very humbled that they took my class. I don't know why, but they <laughs> took my class. But we are going to have a good time, and we're going to have some laughs in there. So cool. thank you to everybody there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, there's uh, also Mark Van Tyne's sculpting class. Uh, I think that's a must, must have. I mean, you got to go to that class if you, uh, if you're into sculpting and if you're into even wanting to touch clay for the first time. If you're uh, an advanced guy, I mean, one thing about Mark Van Tyne is that uh, he's an. I don't know if people are aware, but he's an over all around artists i mean this guy not only could he sculpt he can paint canvas he can sketch he can draw i was gonna say he can I mean, draw this like guy, <laughs> man he is so so talented uh paul gill i mean you know he's uh he's with paul over there their partners up you know they're partnered up and let me tell you i know paul is so happy you know having him there with him and uh being yeah. part of uh gillman productions you know with him oh and they're going to be there too so obviously you know yeah. but paul Gill's going to be there with his beautiful pieces and a great and, you know you said mark can paint mark can also paint kits i remember when mark no, went through and won a bunch of golds with uh oh. that spider-man and i think scorpion that he did you know oh at, yeah at that time yeah. you know so mark is a great well, kit funny, painter as what's well what's funny is that he he sculpted those pieces it was for uh for jaco and it was spider-man scorpion uh craven uh it was all on the roof uh sign. Yeah, i right. remember that yep yeah they're beautiful and he painted them and no matter where he took it he got a gold yeah. you know <laughs> the guy like the guy is amazing he does fantastic work he's actually doing another piece for me and uh yeah 
I'm going to announce it. What the hell? Nice. He's doing a life-size head for me again. And it's going to be uh, the 1941 Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman. But it's going to be a little different. It's not your typical high school yearbook picture that he's just standing there, you know, with the fangs, you know. He's going to be like the Reagan, lunging a little bit forward and frowning and growling. And the mouth is going to be slightly open. With You can see the top teeth and the bottom teeth and, you yeah. know, doing that. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. You know? Yeah. Cool. And go ahead. No, I want to. So let me say this right without mumbling. For if anyone wants to buy anything, where do they get a hold of you? Best place to find your kits, best place to give out all your contact oh, yeah. info, and then I'll have it all down below. But I want to throw sure. it up here on the screen too. Oh, absolutely. Uh well, I mean, obviously Facebook, I'm all over the place. You know, I'm probably p- pissing people off posting my commission pieces there all the time, you know, every other day. Uh and if I do piss anybody off by posting so much, my my apologies. Yeah, but, let's do uh, double middle fingers. Who cares? <laughs> But I like to share, and a lot of the collectors that I paint for, they like seeing their stuff posted up, you know, online, you know, so uh, I like to accommodate, you know. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, I'm running a business, so, you know, to me, Facebook is practically advertising, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I like to put it out there. Uh, but you could contact me through Facebook, uh, obviously Messenger, you can message me through Facebook. At any time, if I don't get to you right away, but I always try to uh, message back the same day, uh, eventually I will. Uh, and also, you can email me at soul62 at AOL.com. Yes, I do still yes. have AOL. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Another AOL guy. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're like me. You've had it that... since 95 or some shit. And you don't want to change it. I did. Yep, so. And that's the thing that I've had it for so long that. Uh, you know, I, I hate to, you know, toss it and, and start something fresh. Um, but anyway, Saul62, S-A-U-L 62 at AOL.com. You could mess, uh, email me anytime. And obviously to Facebook, man. And I'm also on Instagram. Uh, it's Saul Alvarez Arts. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have all for, those for, links down below. So if anyone's yeah, watching and this. And if you want to call Saul, Saul in the middle of the night, his Home number is no. Yeah, but listen, guys, both of you, Scott and and Jason, man, I I can't thank you enough for uh, bringing me on to your to your show. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. It was it was great, man. You guys are solid, man, and uh, Eh. you know, (laughs) eh, well, maybe you. I'll tell you who's solid. Do you want to know who's solid? Jason's mom is solid. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go. tell you. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> she is. She's a pack of muscle, man. She sure is. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, um, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, hey. I've known you a long time, and uh, you know, I'm, I know Jason's probably known you a long time as well. But uh, you know, you're one of the early guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's not many, you know, there's, I love to hear that stuff, village comics and stuff like that. Cause there are people that aren't around that don't remember that when you get that new AFM or that new kit builders or that new modelers resource back in the day. Um, oh my God. It, yeah. It's the first thing you were doing. You were going to the articles. You were looking at the ads to see what was there, yep. you know, <laughs> and Jason's got That's a piece right. right over his shoulder. That was, I believe a village comics piece. It That's is, right. Uh, the Seinfeld 
on the couch, right? That was a. Uh... I must have painted, God, a dozen of those things. You know, there yeah. we go. That's it. Yeah. 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 I remember oh, buying my mine goodness, from them. Believe... So. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. No, but yeah, guys, he tried to he... steal mine, fucker. But he finally <laughs> I did got one. <laughs> But but, this, but you're this, right, Scott. There isn't great. there isn't. Um, I mean, if you think back in the 30 years, how many people have left the hobby that were like the thing? But Saul's still here. Like he's been around forever, and it's oh, God. You know, <laughs> still here. Thank God, brother. Hey, but I'm here now, reinvented. You know, yeah, I'm Scott 2.0. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm gonna get you a hat, Scott. 2.0. Got 2.0. Well, maybe about 3.8, but yeah. um, <laughs> about actually about 350 is what it is, I think. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, your mom don't mind when I'm on top of her. Um, the uh, <laughs> he asked for this, Saul. Okay, oh, he asked for this. I know. I so know. um, but um, no, you know, and and I've said it before, but you know, a couple cancer operations and couple yeah, people man. in the hobby dying that you knew um it, 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 you start to look at things a little different and you say you know is it you really, really worth it is it is it really worth it and um it's not it, it it's not so it's um yeah you know to for all of us that are still here in the hobby and still trying to make it as strong as it always have been you know you do see it differently man and uh and you appreciate it so much more mm. when you see people that are either, you know, they're walking away for, you know, personal reasons, whether they're getting older or, you know, things in life or, like you said, passing away. But for all of us that are still here, man, we have to enjoy what we're doing, respect each other, man, you know, uh, embrace what we do and uh, and keep it going forth, you know. Because God knows how long this is going to last, you know, so let's make it last, you know, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. You guys are doing great by doing what you're doing and you're keeping it alive. You know, just like many of that are doing online, you know, I go on Facebook and I see all these new sculptors and painters and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those painters and I'm sorry it's taking so long, you know, for this, this interview, but. Oh no, no, sorry. I, yeah, I guess I, I admire so many painters out there in this hobby as a painter myself, you know, because I know I know out there, you know, jealousy exists, uh, not just for me, but in general, you know, jealousy exists. Or look what this guy's doing. Oh, I could do better or who he thinks he is, or whether it's painters or sculptor. But as a painter to other painters out there, I appreciate every single one of you. And I look at your stuff and I admire whether you're a beginner or you're an, an advanced painter, when you're a beginner, uh, I've seen people getting criticized because they just started. And I go in personally and I always compliment them. Why? Because they're at a stage, a beginning stage, but it's what they can do at this point right now at that stage. Mm -hmm. So you appreciate that and you comment and you critique that in a positive way so they could continue to to grow and a lot of those people man have messaged me in the past and even today and i give out all i can any info i can i give it to them 
I'll, I'll snap pictures of what primer I use, what glue I use, what airbrush do I like the best, you know, without bringing down all the other airbrush brands. You know, right. that's what I do. Um, and, I, and I tell them, listen, what I use, what paint uh, 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 brands I use, what airbrush I use, what compressor I use, what kits I buy or I sell, whatever, it's not the end goal. It's not chisel on stone. That that's the way you got to do it, and that's what I tell the people in the class when I teach. Is listen, what I'm showing you now, it's not the way to do it. It's just a way that I did this particular piece, and I'm going to show you how I did this piece. Hopefully, you can take something that I did from here, and even if it's one step that you learned, you went, "Oh shit, I didn't realize I could do that to this piece." You're ahead of the game. Yeah. And if you walk out of there and going, hey, I knew all that stuff. That's good, too, because we're going to have a good time in that class. So it's all about whether you knew what everything I just showed, but you could walk out of there going, hey, no matter what, I knew everything that he showed. But, man, I had a good time. Soul made me laugh. I'm not as serious uh, as I'm showing you guys right now. I got my ways, too, you know, so. When I get to the class, I'll joke around, I'll goof, I'll do this and this and that, and I'll make everybody feel comfortable, everybody feel welcome. We're all a family mm -hmm. for those five, six hours, and we have a good time and lots of laughs. So when they walk out, and it's happened in all my other classes, they come up to me and they go, man, what a great time. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. So you both continue doing what you're doing. I'll be supporting both of you all the way to the end. We're right there with and you, I'll man. be happy. We're going to leave it right there. That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> Thank you so much Beautiful. for joining us, Saul. We appreciate it. We really, really, like, truly thank appreciate you, you coming on. So thank I, you. Man. I appreciate you. Appreciate Scott. Guys, thank you so much, man. You have a great night. And I'll, I'll see you online. Yep. We'll see you soon. All right. Man. Take care, man. That was Saul, everybody. I love him. Nice, humble guy. Very willing to share his secrets, which I think is really cool. And we're going to have him back. We'll go, we'll probably delve deep into actual, some painting tips and stuff. I want to get mm -hmm. a little Saul history in there. Scott, what'd you think? I was thinking why we, uh, broke after he, yeah, uh, Scott and Saul talk for another like fucking hour. Right. But, um, no, but after we broke and I went in the kitchen to get something to drink and I was thinking, man, what, what could we do to get Saul back on? I haven't even talked to him yet, obviously about this, but. Maybe a good Q&A, like people send us your questions and we'll forward them to Saul and then maybe we could have him on and maybe he could demonstrate and or show some pictures and um, yeah, answer questions. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll get, yes, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah. Man, you know what? He'll probably steal it. Yeah, so. he probably will. He's a thief. Um, Speaking of Worthling, one thing I forgot to mention. Yes. So in the last episode, I showed my casting. You member. forgot to mention a big thing. You went to G-Fest. I mentioned that last time. Yeah. No? G-Fest happened after the last episode, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was last weekend. Or two weekends yeah. ago. Yeah. So Scott went to G-Fest, everybody. <laughs> How about that? I went to G-Fest. 
What were your thoughts on G Fest? Was that your first time, or like you had gone before, right? That's like my third time. Third time, I okay. went with you the one time. Yeah, and then I went another time uh, to drop some stuff off to George Stevenson, and then this time. Um, my thoughts. I went well, last year. I you know, one thing I almost didn't go. And I'm going to tell you why, because I'm a cheap ass. Okay. Yes. All right. It's $35 to get in for the day. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what Wonderfest costs to get in by the day, because I usually either have a dealer's pass, or um, now that I'm doing some work for them, I get a pass to get in as, as my fee. Yeah. Um, but, so I don't know what Wonderfest is for a day. But anyway, $35 to get in for the day. Another thirty-five dollars to park. Okay, so I'm seventy dollars walking in the door to something that I, I'm probably not going to buy anything there. Yeah. Okay. And not that there's not some cool stuff, but it's not really a model show per se. There's a lot of X Plus stuff, and I did see some. There was one place that was carrying the X Plus vinyl kits, which was cool. Um, I did get to see the Worthlings and George Stevenson. Um, Terry Webb, and I talked to Jim Groman, garage kit veteran sculptor James Groman. And I had a nice discussion with him, and I was able to uh, work in, hey, Jim, you think we could get you to come on? And, and he was very receptive. I'm me. proud of you, Scott. Wow. <laughs> He's in our future. So I was, I was there. Awesome. Um, I also got hooked up with a caster uh, or a was... mold maker, I should say, in the area. Okay. And uh, so that should hope was uh truck there. Was that guy there? Oh, that truck guy. Yeah. I'll get to him okay. in a minute. He's right. um, Gordy Dutt was there. Um, but, um, so you threw me off. Uh, anyway, Groman agreed to come on. And, uh, so we'll, we'll get him on for sure. Cause Jim, what a nice guy. I never had talked to Jim before. So when I went to Resentopia, we had dinner, like a bunch of us had dinner and I got to sit next to Jim, James, and I didn't know he did mad balls from when I was a kid. And I had all the mad balls. That was like my, I loved them as a kid. And Mm -hmm. I found out he was the guy that sculpted those. And I was like, wait, what? As I was sitting at dinner with him, I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my God. So I would love to have him on. That'd be great. Terry Webb was there, the Worthlings, Gordy Dutt, <laughs> Larry Burbridge. Oh, um, your old arch nemesis. I said, hello. You're the new, it's Scott 2.0. And well he done. looked at me and says, well, 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 look who is here. <laughs> and that's all I got, but whatever. You know, it's like, what are we going to hey, do? We're, baby steps. World men. We're going to sit and fight, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> so. I was, I was hooked up with a gentleman to make molds, and I have to get with him soon. Um, hopefully make that big galuna happen sooner than later. You hear that, everybody? And, yep. And Not if that dead. works out, uh, we're going to remold the big Kong, too. So um, Cool. And there's some other stuff going on with that Kong, but I don't want to get Scott actually has it. kit producer stuff going on, which is yeah, I, good I, to but see. I can't get too into it yet. Yep. I'm excited for that. Really excited. And um, what else? Took the Worthlings, as I mentioned in the interview. I took the Worthlings out to dinner, and uh, so that was a nice time. 
uh, just spending some time away from everyone else, just one-on-one time, me and Shanna. Mark just sat there and ate. You know, <laughs> he's not allowed to speak. Um, <laughs> All right, let's move on. But, um, yeah, so I did go to G-Fest. You're right. Cool. Oh, so last episode, I did a um, review of the Bride of Frankenstein. That Mark, hopefully by August, is going to start shipping, right? <clears throat> so while we're on the Discord last Saturday, I looked down. This is great. My dog is pulling one of the pieces out of the box. The base piece. The little uh, thing with the bandages on it. And I heard her and I caught her. Get out of there. And I grabbed it and I put it up on the desk. I didn't think anything about it, right? When I get done with the Discord, I go out in the living room. I see something on the floor. I'm like, what did she get? Okay. Well, unbeknownst to me, she got, and let me be on record here, casting number one, <laughs> okay, of the Bride of Frankenstein's head. <clears throat> and she just, she just, there's two holes in it all over the place. She destroyed it. Monster. So. That's what you, gonna... God punished you for being all pompous about getting the first one. <laughs> Yeah, so now I'm going to have the first body, the first base, the first arms, and probably the 50th head. So, uh, <laughs> And uh, chances are that cheap bastard will charge me for do, it. Too. Do you have it right there? I don't. I brought it downstairs today. I okay. I, I, I wish I would have thought yeah. of it. I would have sent it. You know what? We can, we can. You don't want to edit a picture in later, do you? No, I can. Send me a picture. All right. I think I have a picture of it. So. All right. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Voicemails, emails, and corrections. First off, voicemail number is 708-816-4299. We have two voicemails this episode. We'll get to that in a second. So 708-816-4299. And if you want to send us an email, it is modelclubtv at gmail.com. We got some emails. We got some emails. And they're good ones. And I kind of go to some of our discussion from last episode. But before we get there, uh, the ghost of John Tucky called back. The spirit? I don't know if it's the ghost. It's the spirit. I, I, I'll just let it speak for itself. It's me, John Tucky from the grave. Well, fuck me. It's true what they say. No rest for the wicked. You hacked at me spinning in my grave. The hobby truly is dead. A model club kit. You shitting me? I can't wait for Jimmy Flintstone to get his grubby little paws on it. Oh, wait. He even knows better. All right. I'm going to go wander the bowels of Hades in hopes to find some peace and quiet from this bullshit. Oh, yeah. And fuck Jason Walker, too. I love this so much. I can't even <laughs> fuck Jason Walker. Oh, the spirit of Mr. Tucky, please, <clears throat> please keep doing this. I really like, I would love to actually do an episode with the spirit of John Tucky as a guest on the phone. I think that would be amazing, but please just keep leaving us voicemails. Cause I love it. more. They're, than they're great. And I don't think any disrespect. No. Is but we did learn one thing. John Tucky's in hell. Cause he said he's wandering Hades. So well, he could just be wandering. 
I, maybe John has a free pass. He Do you can think you can go from heaven and just wander hell to see what's going yeah, on? He's down got a there? dealer's pass. He's got, he's a, got dealer's a dealer's pass. pass. So he's good. John's dude. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's so good. Then I have this other voicemail. Here we go. This is Leanne Rose, Jason. You put a new design on my arm at Wonderfest, but you never call me back. You have such a warm, artistic touch, Jason. Shame on you for not calling me back, bad boy. Uh, I've been known to ghost people, so... What do you do? To... I, I don't want to go into it. So... What do you I don't mean know you don't what... want to go into it? You I just got a that phone is. call. I don't know what that is. <laughs> My ass, you don't know what it is. What? What? Who did you draw on? No, I think she was saying I did something to her arm. Like a tattoo or something. Yeah. Or you drew on her or something. I don't remember. Well, okay. So there was more alcohol going on. No, I didn't drink at Wonderfest this year. Is this the girl from Land of the Lost calling you? Uh-oh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm worried now. Oh, boy. I'm really worried. I hope hey. she calls back, too. <laughs> Send us a picture of the No, 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 no. No, we're done. We're good. We're good. All right. <laughs> That's terrifying. It's terrifying. All right. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're terrified? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're the idiot that put your fucking address up. I got a handful of these. I got a pretty soon I'll have a deck of cards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Emails. We got a lot. We got to get through these emails, and you know how I am with reading. For lack thereof. You go. <laughs> All right. From Dan Cherney. I think this is a very good, very good email. So How is Dan? I haven't heard from Dan. I know. Dan, uh, Dan hasn't sent us an email in a while, and I think Quality over quantity is the, is the, uh, dear Jason and Scott, as you near the 1000 subscriber mark, I want to wish you continued success as both a team and as, as well as an undoubtedly the best source of news around this ever changing hobby of figure and pop culture model kits. It feels weird seeing that this is bold underline. An ever-changing hobby, I believe I could already hear the Civil War shouts from various sides when Jason gave his Death of the Garage Kit speech at the end of episode 73. Everyone go back and watch that. (laughs) I realize, as do many, that Jason didn't really mean the literal death of garage kits, but rather the closing of an era. While there were never thousands upon thousands of sculptors and casters slaving away in garages around the world, Whatever their number was, there are now less. So thank you. Someone understood me. I did not mean the actual death. Thank you. This is not the time or the place for 3D enthusiasts to jump up and holler victory because this is a loss not at all caused by technology. It's simply change. We lose things every day now. Look at comic book collectors, avid book readers, toy collectors, model builders of all kind. Woodworkers, traditional painters and artists, farmers, wooden canoe makers, blacksmiths, carpenters, and the once abundant super home repair handymen. A lot is changing and it's changing fast. Each of our grandparents would be or are shocked at how life has changed since they were born. Our children no longer have hobbies or things that they hold their interest beyond 30 minutes. 
I would say 30 seconds, (laughs) five minutes for people who love something that for people who love something, it isn't simply enough to support the hobby financially, but it's also incredibly important for each of those hobbyists to ask themselves, what have I done to encourage and grow this hobby? I love, do you share it with your grandchildren or kids in the family? Do you have a circle of friends who help the hobby to grow? What do, what do you do to help the life's passion grow bigger and better? Lego has a replaced Aurora. TikTok has replaced the TV series. Walmart replaced milk truck delivery men. Emails have replaced letters. 3D, pre- 3D printing is replacing garage kit. And it goes on. I am 65 years old and I have enjoyed every minute of this hobby. For myself and those I spend time with, 3D printing is a change from how it once was. I will. No, I'm sorry. While I cannot, as often, hold that marvelous chunk of artistic resin in my hand, I can marvel at the midstream progress of a 3D print more detailed than anything ever to come from a mold. Yes, I'll miss what once was, but I am a hobbyist till they put me in the ground. Dan Cherney. Boom! That was a great email. I loved it. I think Dan nails it. And he said it. Far better than I could have said it, because he's smart. And you should have let him say it. I, <laughs> I'm a clown. So thank you, Dan, for that. And I agree completely. I think everyone find somebody you can share this with. If I have any bit of advice, and it's in that, find a kid, find somebody, another, anyone. You know, try and say, hey, look at this. Maybe you'd like try painting this. And I think part of what when I cut stuff out, I was talking about. Warhammer stuff. It's still model kits. It's still building. Some of that might spark an interest into this and get people going somewhere. So, uh, great email. And I'm just gonna, Scott. Any response? Just leave it. No, no. I, yeah, I, I agree. agree. Great email. I, I agree. All right. Next from Mike Ziamba. I think I said that right again. I always screw up. Hello, Jason and Scott. Wanted to send a shout out to George Stevenson of Blackheart Models. I purchased one of his Vincent Price Pit and the Pendulum wall hangers with a lighting kit. I could not figure out how to light the kit, and George gave me a call to help me out. It's not often you get this kind of customer service in today's world. So George is one of the guys who services his clients professionally. I wanted to comment on a few things to which you touched on an episode or two ago. It pertains to the hobby changing. Unfortunately, the garage the kit industry is not alone in how a hobby changes and begins losing participants. The same can be said for the stamp collecting crowd. Hobbyists are passing away and their families have no use for the collected materials. So when, so when one goes to a stamp show, you are seeing dealers who have purchased these collections and are now trying to sell them off with fewer stamp collectors. The market is starting to get flooded with unwanted material. There does not appear to be an end in sight as trying to recruit younger people into the hobby appears to be a fruitless task. Another example would be model trains. Here too is a hobby dominated by gray hair folks, and when they pass, so do the trains, layouts, and accessories. As for the garage kit industry, there does to be appear to be a light at the end of the tunnel, given the fact the hobby is transitioning from 3D print from to 3D printing, which is hopefully which hopefully will bring a younger crowd of sculptors, painters, and collectors. So while clay sculpting may become a thing of the past, I certainly hope not. 3D printing may fill, help fill that gap and rejuvenate the hobby. I think George Stevenson had a table at a gaming convention, but I don't know how well it went in inciting some of those gamers into our modeling realm. 
There is a store near me in New Jersey which caters to Warhammer, gaming, and the like. I will often go within the, into that store to purchase some paints, and there is little interest in the store getting involved with larger-scale kits. I mentioned to the owner about the Goblin Hut products, but he directed me to those products he had in stock. My plan is to bring one of my models where I use the Dirty Down Rust to show him the effects I can create. Time will tell if I'm able to convince him to stock the product. Thanks for trying. Like, it goes right to what Dan said. If our hobby can tap into the gaming world, there is a chance the hobby will continue to thrive once a bunch of us old folks have moved on to hobby heaven. Attached is a photo of the pit and the pendulum piece for the gallery. I'll put it here, but I will also put it in the gallery. Uh, thank you, Mike. I, and again, great email. And I think you're spot on on a lot of that. Scott, thoughts? No, I agreed. <clears throat> And uh, again, George's customer service is, you know, fantastic. Um, and uh, man, George keeps going. You know, I wasn't at Wonderfest this year, so but he was at G Fest, and he had a lot of his, if not all of his minis set up, and it wasn't just Godzilla stuff; it was everything. And it was like, wow, yeah, he's got he's a lot really of stuff expanded. Yep. So. Um, he, and he, I was at Adepticon, the gaming convention he's talking about, and saw George and his table. Yeah, takes up a lot. And he's out in out in the hall, in the main hall where he's at, so everyone gets to see his thing. And I, it's a great place for him because you don't get lost with all the gaming stuff. He's kind of separate. And I think he does very well there. And as long as you're showing people what we're doing, I don't really go to regular hobby stores anymore. I go to one or two, but I get a lot of paints at gaming stores or other places like that they've kind of replaced your traditional hobby store for me all right next email thank you mike for sending that i spot on on a lot of that from logan taurus scuzzfink everyone's favorite i thought of a new segment for model club tv model kit mystery first one halcyon queen chestburster and regular chestburster Sakuda made these for Halcyon. They used rubber vinyl for the body and head, almost like a dog toy type rubber, yet the legs are made of standard type vinyl. Why do they do this? I had a queen chestburster and got rid of it. It's unstable to paint, and I forgot the tail is made of the same material. It wouldn't be that hard to pull out of a mold. If Screamin' could make the werewolf kit and others and no problems, I mean, this is really stupid. To make a big model like these two, out of rubber vinyl. I think Halcyon should make a different company to make them or should have used a different company to make them like Max Factory or Kyoto. I think this is a good segment. And if people could email in mysteries that we could kind of have people answer, because I don't know that answer. And you talked about uh, it the I, other day when you were talking about the hard vinyl versus soft vinyl, like those, those right. star Ace toys. Say, I, I had a Godzilla kit that I ended up selling M one. 64 Godzilla. It was a beautiful kit, but it was like rubber when you pulled it out. And right. it's like, so what do you do? You know, I want to build it, but, and, and I'm not saying I wouldn't fill a regular vinyl kit with something, but I don't want to have to hold something together. And then maybe you put something in there to expand. Now it's going to, is it going to stretch? Is it going right. to, you know, I mean, I don't. Because I have two Mothra larvae, and I know that because I remember not buying that alien kit because the dome was like flexible, and I think it was made so that you didn't paint it, so mm -hmm. that you could see. I, I don't know. 
I'd like to know. But I have two Mothra larvae that are that squeezy kind of dog toy feeling vinyl. So if anyone knows the answer to this, why there is that super squishy soft vinyl and then the stuff that says soft vinyl is actually kind of hard, like a Max Factory kit or the Star Ace kits. Because somewhat we, we need a vinyl expert to come explain the different kinds of vinyl and how they're used. So I, I, another great email. I don't think Logan made anyone angry with that one. From Chuck Homoka. Chuck's the best, man. Hi, guys. I just saw the last episode and had to write this. The interview with Dan Garden was great. Made me feel bad that I did not stop and talk to him about my own skeleton from Jason and the Argonaut. This was a plastic kit from 2022 Wonderfest that I bought. It was some promotional piece from a Ray Harryhausen exhibit. I, too, felt like there should be a kit of one of my favorite characters he did. Mine did not come with a, sh a shield or sword, so I had to come up with one of them on my own. Hope you can show it in your gallery. I'm going to show it right here, right here. Boom. So, Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Really cool. I like Chuck's little tidbits he sends me. All right. Last email. From Brian Wilkinson. Hi, guys. Just watched the last episode. You brought up some interesting points from the interview regarding nudity in kits. It doesn't bother me much, but I have noticed it's a growing trend in 3D sculpts. I've seen numerous offerings from the normal version, a second partially undressed version, then a nude version. It's like, if a kit's cool, then it'll be cooler with boobs. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, if the sculpt warrants it, okay, but a lot of times it seems unnecessary. Just my view. Also, with the talk of Wonderfest, I wondered if it's, is it only the content? Wait a minute. Also, with the, all the talk of Wonderfest, I wondered, is it only the contest dealers and classes or do clubs have a display table? Is it the usual? It's the usual th thing in the UK. Sorry, I butchered that sentence. Are there clubs that have tables for display? Like the other than the judge? So, um, I think so, actually. Um, like I and, and I could be wrong. It's usually sci-fi guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll put stuff out there, displays, uh, props. Yeah. One year there were like, what, eight lost in space robots. Yeah. So, and the iron modeler um, gets a table usually yeah. of the things they made afterwards. So there are some clubs, but it not when it comes to figures, it doesn't seem. Mm -hmm. Uh, also over here, the contests are usually first, second, and third. If you're a, if you are awarding on a level of skill, how do they know how many merits, silver or gold awards, to get in advance, or do they only give out awards till they run out? Thanks for the continued hilarity. Model on. P.S. I've included a few sh shots for the gallery. I'll have all these because there's some really, really good buildups from Brian that'll be in the gallery. Um, so we could ask if George George Salidas, if you're listening. You want to answer that in the comments or send us an email. Great. But I think they would, they have a set amount. And I think if they ever run out, they quick have some on order that they can run over to the shop and get. Mm -hmm. But it is, again, it's not a first, second, third for that contest. So I think they have a set amount and they can go and get more later on that weekend if they need them. Okay. So, I want to add to this a little bit. I do too. There's something um, else. Gonna... Well, because the nudity uh, thing to the, to the nudity thing we had a comment i was okay you read my mind okay 
And I'll read that. Um, because it'll take you an hour and a half. And it was from RC Flex One. And he commented, um, love you guys, but when it comes to collecting, we must respect all aspects of collecting, sexy or nude or whatever. Collecting is the interest of the collector. But when we start calling people who collect nudes or sexy and any aspects of sculpting, um, I think he meant to say name calling, but uh, it becomes as bad as people calling us stupid for collecting toys or models. I am a traditional sculptor, and as I always say, you don't like something, you change the channel or the page, and you don't condemn or belittle those that don't like any aspect of sculpture. On that note, love you guys in your channel. Thank you for keeping the community alive. Read my comment real quick. And then Jason, re Jason replied, totally agree. I would totally fall into the weirdo category for most people. <laughs> <laughs> I have on my desk next to my gaming computer a ray from Evangeline. Evangelion. Evangelion. Okay. Topless with her legs up, just a bandage. Hiding stuff down below, and I always get an eye roll from the girlfriend when she walks past it. Well, then keep her out of there. <laughs> um, you know, and then he replied, the highlight of his day, which this is kind of scary, when he logs into YouTube and sees that we posted a new video. Uh, loves our show, loves the community. And I think what happens is, I, I think one of us made a comment last time, and I probably was you. I didn't go back and watch. Yeah, it probably was, but I don't and, mean that in a bad way. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, I, yeah, I, I know. And, it, and it, it's not my thing either. The, the nudity isn't my thing either. Um, but I get it. And, and let me tell you, I don't have a problem. Like I talked last episode with Dan, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not approved. Okay. It's just, I look at it and go, what can I put on my shelf? You know, I'm about to have grandkids probably running around my house, yeah. you know, and do I need a Soriana lady slave on my, yeah. you know, and again, I think that's a beautiful sculpt. I, I've alluded to that particular sculpt because of all those crazy bondage sculpts, whatever you want to call it. To me, that was just really well done. And, 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 and I said I would leave it. stuff out, but I was, mm -hmm. I went back and thought about that part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like at that, do you remember when they had the bad Tabitha? issue at Wonderfest where the guy had sculpted a bed and reposed the figure. So she was like on all fours. That's not something I would have out for kids to see. Like that's not. You're forgetting a very important part of that one. I part of it was upside down. So it was apparently someone that had never seen a girl before. Cause he had <laughs> part upside down. But anyway, go ahead. But no, you're right. But it was, but when I say weirdos, there's some, there's some weird stuff out there and I don't mean it in a bad way. Like I don't, don't ever, cause I'm into weird shit. Well, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a belittling thing. Okay, I would I, almost like wear me, it as a badge of honor. Like, right. I, a guy like me might look at that and go, yeah, that's weird. That's a little too out there for me. But someone that maybe likes some of this, you know, whatever bondage or whatever stuff you know, is out there might look at some of the gore and say, Hey man, that's too gory. For right. Me. And that's, that's always been the, the argument. So, like, you know, it's yeah, I get it. And then back to the other part of his email about that, about 3d sculptures, how having the normal partially clothed and then completely nude I, on CA 3d, he always releases a nude version of every sculpture that he puts out. 
And at some point I'm like, I don't, and I, I remember showing you, it was Green Arrow naked with a giant penis. <laughs> In case he ran out of air. Right down to his knee. And I'm like, man, I'll show, I'll find some, and there was a Hulk too with a big Hulk dong. <laughs> it's like, who's going to do that? Like, why? But, you know, who knows? Maybe someone wants that. I will go to one of the old things that I used to say is just because you, and you've said it too, just because you can put boobs on something doesn't mean you have to. Right. And he said it there. And that goes to like predators and stuff like that. Now, if they were in the movie. If it makes sense. Right. Okay. And it goes um, back to me seeing wieners. If it's supposed to be there, it should be there. Don't hide it with a tuft of fur. Oh, like on a animal or something. Yeah. On a werewolf. And, well, and what's funny is, it's so funny. You've been to Brookfield Zoo, obviously, in Chicago. They have these two lion sculptures. Yeah. Okay. That are right at the entrance. Yep. And people are always taking pictures of their kids sitting on them. Thing. And what's funny is, these two lions, both of them, have some big ball sack. <laughs> if you look at the back, you can see the big ball. So you'd love the sculpture because yep. it's, yep. it's, it's there. Yeah. You know, um, I get why you would leave it out. But I, you know, that doesn't bother me like it bothers you that they leave it out. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, we're gonna leave it right there on Lion Balls. Everybody have a great couple weeks. Leave Jason's mom on Lion Balls sometimes too. Uh, there'll be some unboxing videos coming up. We have uh, a model and a movie coming up, and we'll get from there. We'll go from there. A lot of big plans coming up. Yeah, we'll see. And. I can get you over here to film some stuff. Yeah. Oh, the return of what's in the bin will be next episode. What's hey. in the bins back. All right. Say goodbye, Scott.